too much of a distraction because they're doing construction right across the street and uh they hadn't started all day to right before they start recording and they start like you know nailing away putting the roofing stuff on <laughs> so i try yeah. to dampen the sound as much as i can so hopefully it doesn't pick up too much on your end but oh, okay hopefully we'll be all right yeah i don't think it'll be too bad it's kind of sporadic too so oh okay all right so doing the top 19 of 2019 it was actually a lot harder than <laughs> i thought it was gonna be mm-hmm. um sadly i think i told you i only had uh well i was waiting to go see uncut gems and the rise of skywalker before i made a definitive list but even before those two i think i only had like 23 movies which is kind of sad because i feel like i saw a lot of movies this year but apparently not a lot of them were my favorites oh yeah i mean i saw i saw a lot of stuff i thought it was actually a really good year for movies i kind of mm-hmm. had like almost the opposite problem where if i thought we were doing a top 10 i thought oh man i'm leaving a lot of good uh, movies off this list. <laughs> so when you told me it was top 19, I was like, oh, cool. I've got like seven honorable mentions. Let me just find two more movies and I can add those to the list. So oh, there you it worked go. out for me because I was like, oh, thank God, because I have so many movies to talk about. <laughs> so. And um, I think I did a spoiler alert in the previous episode. Um, I said I was waiting for Uncut Gems and Rise of Skywalker, and I'm going to spoil my list somewhat right now and say rise of skywalker is not on my top 19 at all so mine either (laughs) all right no that says that definitely says something (laughs) about it so uh all right well i guess should we kick this off yeah if you want to kick this off with your 19 we'll we'll go all right so uh my number 19 um i i kind of struggled if it was going to be one of the ones kicked off or not um which may or may not disappoint you, um, is Midsummer. Oh, okay. All right. That is um, higher on my list. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I figured. Um, it, it, to me, was effectively creepy. It was, it was, it was very w- well made all around. Uh, performances, production, just everything about it was, was top notch. It just, I don't know. I feel like there wasn't as many um, shocks or, twists and turns as I was expecting. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty straightforward horror movie, but of the upper echelon, that's for sure, because you know, we already know Ari Aster is just amazing at what he does. So yeah. I don't know. I think I think that was it. I was just a little let down, but nonetheless the quality overall was definitely top notch. Yeah. I mean it's super well made. It uh it does kind of lay it on the table. I feel like you kinda it's very straightforward. You almost can tell where it's going like from the beginning. It kinda like lays it out with some some hints and things in the background, pretty obviously where it's going. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Uh, I could see you disappointed in that point, or disappointed in that respect on that one. So I just, you know, it was funny. The sec, I liked it. Sec, I saw it twice. I saw the director's cut. We talked about this a lot in the horror episode we did a couple months ago. So I won't mm-hmm. talk about it too much. But <laughs> um, so I just really liked it. And the director's cut I thought made it even better for me. It added, it just adds a little more like depth to the characters. There's uh, just kind of some more conversations to flesh things out and just, I don't know. It looks like the vibe of the whole thing and the look. And I mean, it's just kind of crazy. It's funny because I wish it got a little crazier <laughs> and it gets pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I think kind of what you said, it's like, you kind of know where it's going. And I just wanted to get a little, I don't know. I just wanted to go to like another level, but it's still really good. And like I said, it's higher on my list. So we'll, I'll mention that later, the, the place it's at, but, but yeah, I did like it a lot. So. I, I think the best part of it to me was probably the first like 10 minutes. The 10 minutes was terrifying, which oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not really a spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen it, but I mean the first 
10 minutes involves the suicide of a character and just the filming of the suicide and when you see the suicide is just oh my god like it's not necessarily graphic per se it's just it's very hard hitting disturbing it's uh it's yeah yeah. the first 10 minutes is like a really well-made short film oh god no kidding like Like, it could have ended on that final (laughs) shot of the person and i would have been like holy shit that was amazing yeah i just it's it's kind of amazing like i was thinking about this with midsummer too it came out in the middle of the summer (laughs) right Mm -hmm. the same weekend as spider-man so a a movie that crazy and that weird like that we got in theaters playing next to spider-man <laughs> i just like really yeah. appreciate that kind of thing because that happens less and less these days although like i said this year i thought was really good for for movies uh overall but it was just kind of crazy i thought like okay spider-man's right there midsummer's there <laughs> they couldn't be yeah, more different no kidding so there was yeah. there was um kind of going full circle back to our first episode somebody was i was listening to a podcast and they were talking about um rob zombie movies and he was saying that after seeing um three from hell he realized he's not a rob zombie fan in terms of his uh movies he's like you know i love his music i I love listening to him in interviews just i don't think i'm a fan of his movies he said but i do appreciate that he is making the product he wants to make it's it's really weird and it's getting put in theaters which is you know something to behold on its own yeah so that's, he's got a call following point. yeah I mean, and uh funny enough as much as i went on about rob zombie i feel like in our horror episode <laughs> three from hell did not make my list although i did like it it, it just is not in my top 19 anywhere but um yeah i don't know it's uh this i lost my train of thought you could go <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> no i think that was it um yeah so, so i think we're on to, to your my 19 okay 19. the last spot with these lists is always hard if it's top 10 or top whatever because there's yeah. so many movies you're like oh is this going to get bumped for this? I, I landed, I think, because I saw it on TV recently, uh, with 19, my 19 is Shazam. Uh, I still haven't seen it. Man, I forgot I, that it even came out this I year. No, I had to think. I was like, oh my god, that was earlier this year because it came out March or April, like maybe mm-hmm. early April, and it kind of. I mean, it did well. I think, uh, if I remember right, it did, it did very well. People liked it. Um, it was a lot of fun. And when I saw it on TV, I hadn't seen it in the theater, and I was like, you know, this was a fun movie. <laughs> and yeah. I, I kind of want more, like just like fun kind of like light superhero movies because they get kind of heavy, especially DC had a real problem with that for a long time with yeah. things being way too heavy and dark and just, you know, um, not very fun, but Shazam is super fun. Uh, <laughs> played great when I saw it in the theater. Um, yeah, Zachary Levi's really good. I, I like the show Chuck. I don't know if you watched Chuck back in the day. It's been so a he, long time. Yeah. It, it was a very like, cult show it didn't get you know, a few seasons uh and he hasn't done much for a while and then he popped back in this and i was like well good for him because yeah i mean he seems like a nice guy and i liked him in this and then, i mean the whole thing is just like fun and it's fun because it's uh directed by david f sandberg who was a big horror director um oh wow and uh and he did this and there's one great uh kind of horror scene in the middle of all this like fun you know flashy pop superhero movie that i thought was like oh there's the horror coming out of that guy <laughs> yeah. so it's just huh. a really fun well you know well-made superhero movie and yeah that's, that's my 19 so i've been i've been meaning to get to it it just i don't know something it's sitting there on hbo and i just i don't know i've never gotten around to it but i feel like i probably will here pretty soon just because yeah like you said i it's i've heard it's really fun and and um dc kind of found a good balance between the the dark and the the humor and all that, which judging from the trailers, it didn't. It looked pretty light, fair to me. Yeah, yeah. I feel like DC's finally getting their footing back underneath them. <laughs> like they finally like recovered after trying to launch that whole their whole universe to catch up with Marvel, 
And now they're kind of like with Aquaman was a big hit, Wonder Woman, Shazam. It's like, I feel like they're going in a better direction, which is good because I've never been one of those like, oh, are you Marvel or DC? I've always liked both. I was a little kid. So I kind of want them both to do well. So I hope they're going to keep going in that direction. So yeah, my 19 with Shazam. So (laughs) yeah, I'm definitely excited for uh, Wonder Woman 84. It looks really good. It does look really good. Yeah. um all right my number 18 uh i think i I think i talked a little bit about this in my uh previous episode but it was it's a movie that's it's a horror movie but it was definitely um unexpected how how much fun it was um and that is crawl oh okay crawl was one of those ones that was bordering could have been my 18 didn't make the cut but yeah i liked crawl a lot it was a lot of fun (laughs) yeah like it's it's just yeah that was it it's you know like like I, i think i said in the previous one just kind of you know what movie you're going into turn off your brain and you're just, you're going to have a lot of fun when you watch it. And, and I did, um, there was a, another podcast I listened to where they were counting down their top horror movies and they came across this one and she goes, it was funny. She goes, set logic aside and it's, it's going to be a fun ride. She goes, I, cause this isn't a spoiler. You see it a lot in the trailers about the, um, her kind of trapping one of the, one of the gators in the shower. And she was like, she goes, I don't believe for one second that that gator can stay trapped in that shower but and yet the main character winds up like ripping through the floorboards with their bare hands at one point <laughs> like it's nothing you know yeah there's a lot of inconsistency with uh what they can and cannot do what the alligators can do <laughs> it's a little strange. yeah no kidding but uh, it's so. a very fun movie it's a straightforward creature feature just animal attack movie that's all it is not trying to be anything else it's like one of the best versions you could have a movie like that you know what i mean it's you almost couldn't do it better than that. It's as good as it could be, I feel like. And uh, funny enough, I think Crawl is in Quentin Tarantino's top three of the year. Yeah. <laughs> from what I saw so far. So, I mean, it's got its fans. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So. Yeah, definitely. Fun is the is the most appropriate word to describe it. I think. <laughs> which, it's it's a horror movie. It should be scary, which it has scary moments. But, I mean, it's it's a creature feature like you, you, yeah those aren't necessarily the scariest movies like, so. it's like i went in knowing what i was you know expecting and i got exactly what i expected it gave me exactly what i wanted from a yeah exactly alligator attack movie in a hurricane it's like so yeah it's a yeah. fun concept too yeah i mean i was i saw the trailer and i was like that seems like it'd be very stupid but it is a fun concept <laughs> like in the yeah, wrong hands it, it could have been terrible so. Yeah, initially, like when I saw the trailer, I was like, "We're, we're really doing something like this." And then I saw it was <laughs> who it was directed by. Um, I, I know it's Alexander. I'm not sure if you say his last name, Aja. I think it's Aja. But, um, yeah, is it Aja? Okay. Um, but I mean, he did High Tension, which is one of my favorite horror movies. It's a very brutal horror movie. Yeah. Um, you know, he did the The Hills Have Eyes remake. Um, he's he's had some hit and misses. I know he did the Piranha first one. I don't know if he did the second one. Uh. I can't remember if he did both. I knew it did the first one. I saw that for the first time like last year, and it was just stupid, like like an eighties horror movie, like you know, just a bunch of uh, nudity and gore, and just like you know, yeah, it was kind of ridiculous. But he's an underrated director, especially for I mean, in the horror genre, because he's been doing this for a while, and he usually does a pretty good job. I he has had some things that didn't work, but um, yeah, he usually is pretty solid. So yeah, that's that's what kind of turned me around. I was like, okay, this looks kind of. Looks looks a little hokey, but then I saw who was directed by it, and was like, oh, maybe this will be pretty good, and here we are, top 19. <laughs> yeah, okay, so your 18 was Crawl, and my mm-hmm. 18, I suspect, will be maybe a lot higher on your list. <laughs> um, <laughs> it Chapter 2. Uh, yeah, it's pretty It's it's pretty further up there. <laughs> Is it high enough that you want to hold off talking about it, or do you want to talk about it a little bit now? 
Oh no, we can talk about it. Okay. It's, it's, it's pretty far up there. So, <laughs> um, and I mean, you know, Ash and I dedicated a whole two hour review to it. Yeah. So. so we won't talk about it too much. And I think you mentioned a little bit on your, your best of episode with Ash. That I just listened to, um, and you guys talked about it at length already. So, I mean, I, it's funny cause I liked it less when I first saw it, but it's one of those movies that I've thought about a lot. Since I saw it and I like it more and more cause it's, it's pretty weird. <laughs> like I just mm-hmm. put off by like, how kind of out there the whole thing is. And I just feel like, and you're, I know you're way more of a Stephen King expert than I am. So I just feel like between <laughs> the book and the miniseries and now this, I feel like that second part, the adult story just, just doesn't work as well as the kid part. <laughs> no. And I feel like in, in any medium, the book or the miniseries, it's, it's always the, the less of the two. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, so I feel like it's just never, you know, gonna quite match that first part with the kids, but you know, I just, Bill Hader was so good in that movie. Like, that's one of the yeah. performances of the whole year. He just is, like, amazing. And, I mean, I like most of the whole cast. I'm trying, I can't think of anybody I didn't like in the in the main cast of the adults. I was so excited when they announced all those people. I was like, okay, good, good, good. Yeah, it's like, check mark, everybody's good. Um, it's just, not, this is a hard movie to kind of wrap your head around, because it's almost three hours long. <laughs> it's yeah. just got a lot going on. It's, uh, you know... I don't know. It's uh, it's it's strange. I can't. Remember. My feelings about it still kind of complicated. I think I'll like it more as time goes on. Um, but at the first, I was kind of like, "Huh, I'm not sure if that's what I wanted." But I think I just loved the first one with the kids so much that yeah, definitely. The expectations were so high; it was hard to live up to to that too. So I think with some distance, I'll like it even more. But it's definitely. I mean, it's a good movie. I appreciate big swings and weird movies, and it's definitely those two things. So yeah, it, it's funny because my. Uh, my brother texted me the other day and asked if I had, if I've ever read the book. And I told him I read it twice to which he freaked out about it. He goes, isn't that book like 15,000 pages? <laughs> but, um, he goes, is the book as weird as this movie is? And I was like, you know, you know, in its own way. Yeah. I said, the movie definitely does get pretty weird, which again, I do appreciate. Like you said, you know, it's a big budget studio movie and they allowed them to get that weird in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been a lot weirder also, but like I said, for a, big budget blockbuster that it was supposed to be it it got pretty weird um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, yeah. All, all the praises for bill Hader, and you know what the the i think that's what it benefited from the most was the adult casting it's you had to get that casting down right otherwise it was it was never going to work i feel yeah then it had no chance so i mean but i think i'd like to go yeah. back to spend time with those characters still i still love those characters and like um yeah i just you know i mean i guess i think people have a low tolerance for movies that are almost three hours long. I think there was a couple other things that <laughs> I heard. There was a lot this year between like the Irishman and, um, once my time in Hollywood and people talking about the, uh, the running time. It's like, Oh my God, it's three hours long. People I think either were, would be excited about, or they're like a lot of people. I think casual audiences are like, Oh, three hours. You know, it's like, I can't sit through that. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. There's, there's certain things that I feel, I mean, I, I, I don't have a problem with long movies, but there's also movies I feel definitely don't need to be that long um there was so what like one of my honorable mentions that i uh, i'll talk about now just for that particular reason um was long shot with seth rogan and Charlize theron um very funny movie it was a really good movie but i think it was like 135 minutes and i was like it they could have easily cut 20 minutes out or you know narrowed it down to even even 100 minutes and it still would have been um really good so i mean there's certain movies that i feel like don't need to be that long but something like 
I feel like it chapter two needed to be that long, you know, end game definitely needed to be three oh, yeah. hours. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. So. When I saw that runtime, I was like, okay, that makes sense. It could probably be four hours and it, it's like, it's a lot to cover. Yeah. But yeah, I just think that, uh, it just, there was a lot of things with it chapter two. I think that hurt it. Cause I think it did well financially, but I think critically in people's opinion kind of were like, eh, you know, they kind of like shoulder shrugged. I think just it being that long, it, having to live up to it chapter one, which I think people just like loved, like, you know, just uh, people were so into that, um, that it kind of, of course was going to disappoint people. Cause like what chance did it have? <laughs> so, and if yeah, that second no part of the story is like kind of historically never as strong as the first part, then they were kind of up against the wall. And I kind of thought they did about as good as you could do. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. That, so yeah. Um, all right. So moving on to my number 17, uh, is another horror movie that, um, to me, it was actually, it had its scary moments and was very fun as well, and that was uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, yeah. Uh, did not make my list, but would be on honorable mentions. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the you know, the nostalgia factor alone was really good. Um, uh, just, I like that Guillermo del Toro was on board um, and did the script, and he put his own little twist on it, because you got... Um, you got the the same players from the book, but he took the stories in different directions, which is, you know, which I, you know, I trust him with it. And I feel like he did a good job with it. And just overall, it was, it was fun. It had a, a couple good scary moments and yeah, it was just, that was definitely a, it's, it's probably going to become a, a mainstay for Halloween time for me anyway. It does definitely have that nice like fall Halloween feel. I'll give it that for sure. <laughs> it yeah. uh, a couple things like with that one, I just kind of wish it been like a straight up anthology with separate stories. Where it was kinda... Yeah, that's kind of what I was expecting it to be. It's what it looked like from the trailers. Yeah, and that's how they kind of pushed it. And then I don't know why I feel like people are scared to make horror anthologies, like but to, like for big budget studio movies. Because I mean, things like Creep Show back in the day and like Tales from the Dark Side um, were just straight up like you know, tell you three or four or five separate stories and like, you don't see that much anymore. I mean, you kind of see them on like, uh, VOD, Blu-ray, but they usually don't get like into theaters. And I feel like they were kind of, we had, we we had tied together with these characters and we can't do an anthology. Um, I don't know. That made kind of weird for me, but, and I didn't really like, it's not like a negative necessarily, but I thought it was kind of strange with the whole like Vietnam parallels they put Mm. in there. Yeah, it's like every time I did that, I was like, "Huh, okay." Well, <laughs> it's just like a lot of little strange touches, but and it kind of it was surprisingly dark for yeah, it was. I thought I was like, "Oh, I thought they were going to go for like more of a kid audience than this," but um, but I kind of appreciated that. So yeah, there were just some things that that were kind of took it down for me, but I still overall I did I did enjoy that one. So yeah, I think I think they knew that they most likely weren't going to do an R rated version. So they knew they were going to have to tone it down to PG 13. And I feel like at that point they were like, well, if it's going to be PG 13, let's not make it specifically for little kids. Let's, you know, try to go as scary as we can in, in the confines that we had, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That definitely had that feel like, you know, kind of like, well, we got to make it PG 13. Let's not get too crazy, but let's kind of push it, see what we can get away with. So, yeah, but yeah, it has a uh, that one segment did kind of uh, freak me out. I can't remember. It's kind of like he's in the hospital. I want to say, and there's the red light, and he's trying to get away from. Oh, um, like, yeah, the the oh, the something lady. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, the, the the just the lady, not lady in white. Oh man, yeah, that's that's what I was leaning <laughs> towards too. Yeah, but it's like how he keeps trying to run. It's getting closer, and then the hallways keep 
flipping around on him and it's like okay that thing would be terrifying it's coming at me in a hole <laughs> yeah no kidding that was a, that was a very claustrophobic scene that's for sure yeah so there's definitely some great scary stuff in there um and i, I probably will rewatch it halloween uh, you know october that time period and probably like it even more so <laughs> yeah yeah definitely okay so that was your 17 so my 17 uh, mm-hmm. uh is a marriage story i uh, still haven't seen that ah. <laughs> and it's on Netflix. <laughs> it's like, I know. I know. Uh, it's funny because I don't, I, I don't, I didn't hear much about it before it came out, and then it just kind of was there. And I feel like it was like a lazy Saturday morning, and for some reason I just threw it on. <laughs> which I, and I'm not usually into uh, kind of dramas like that. I wasn't really even sure what I was walking into. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, it's this very uh, Noah Baumbach, and it's this very. Um, it starts off okay. Like I don't know the basic premise of Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. They're a married couple. Uh, they decided to get a divorce. And at first, it's off very like amicable. Like, everything's fine. <laughs> and mm. then it gets more and more contentious as it goes along. Because they live in New York. Scarlett Johansson goes back to L.A. They have a son. That's what makes it so... Get so uh, kind of... Fight. They start fighting because of the kid in custody. And it just starts to swirl down into this worse and worse mess. And you're watching them just kind of fall apart. And uh, it's very heavy. <laughs> it was like, I was like, this was not like a Saturday morning fun watch. But yeah. but Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson are so good in that movie. There's a scene where they have a big fight in Adam Driver's apartment. And it's just like, I don't know if it's like one unbroken take. But it seems like it goes on for like a few minutes, just kind of one take. And they're just going back and forth arguing. And it just keeps ramping up, ramping up. And they're just saying worse and worse things to each other. <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, I, stop, stop. It's like you guys. Yeah, I think I think I saw that on um, there's a there's a Facebook page I really like called Screenplayed. And they they play a scene from a movie and then underneath it has the script kind of rolling. And I think they showed that scene. Are they kind of like in their living room area? Yeah. 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 Um, the, I did watch that scene because I was just I, I didn't intend on it, but I wound up getting stuck. And I feel like that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. Even it really though it draws you in like. Yeah, it's a little over two hours. It really flew by. I thought I was really in- invested in the whole thing. Like, and it's good because he really Noah Baumbach really kind of feels like he's trying to not pit you against one or the other. Kind of like they're trying to play it right down the middle. Um, it's not, not like it's like oh, it's this person's fault or that person's fault. It's kind of like mm. both make mistakes. I would say Andrew makes probably a few more mistakes, but <laughs> you still kind of mm. feel bad for him. And um, uh, and then there's some really good supporting people. Uh, Alan Alda shows up as a, as a lawyer, and then like Ray Liotta and Laura Dern show up as Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson's lawyers, who are like real like sharks, like they're L.A. divorce lawyers, and they're like they're the ones that kind of make it get really contentious <laughs> because they're mm-hmm. like, well, you should ask for this, and then she, you know, it's like you should ask for that, and uh, they're both very good. It's probably two of the best like supporting performances I saw all year because you just want to see more of them in the movie. <laughs> um, they're just great. I mean, it's just a, it's a really good movie. Don't know if I'd watch it too much over and over because it's not, uh, yeah, super fun. <laughs> but yeah. it lands in a really good place. It's, um, yeah, it's just really good. It really surprised me. So, um, I'm not the biggest fan of Adam Driver. Um, I, I think he is a good actor. Just something about him, he doesn't he doesn't do it for me um, necessarily. Uh, and as far as Scarlett Johansson goes, I'll talk about her in a, <laughs> in a movie later on. Uh, that's actually pretty high on my list. So I'll talk about her uh, more in depth on that one because it is nothing but good things. Gotcha. So. Yeah, Adam Driver, I haven't been a big, huge fan of him either. I kind of didn't get it for a while. <laughs> it's like, yeah. with, but this movie really, he did blow me away. It's, I mean, he, he's very good in this. So um, yeah, I'd recommend checking it out. Like I said, it's on Netflix. So yeah. 
All right. That's yeah. Like I'll get to it at some point. Just yeah, it's, it's heavy. It's, you don't want to like you're like oh, a fun Friday night at home. It's like you probably want to throw it on then, but kind of be, yeah. be prepared for it. So yeah, there's a couple like that that are just. It's like I don't want to sit through two hours of people arguing. There's a couple movies I've seen where I'm like, okay, you know, it's 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 probably going to settle down pretty soon, and then I realize we're coming to the end. I'm like, oh my god, this just does not stop. I don't want to watch these yeah. people and argue for two hours. It's funny because it's not all that for two hours. It really kind of like ebbs and flows, and it kind of like moves in a real natural way where they kind of they the the fight that you saw they really take time to get to that fight, and you understand why they are at that point <laughs> there's a lot of times them trying to be civil with each other you know for like a long time and it mm-hmm. kind of just starts adam driver goes under a lot of stress because he's trying to like work on a play in new york and he's trying to see his kid in la so he's traveling back and forth and you can tell he's just like starting to kind of crack <laughs> so yeah. it really it's it feels like and i think noah bombach the director um went through a divorce uh fairly recently i can't remember who's married i think a famous actress i cannot remember who um so i think it's kind of autobiographical and it feels like somebody who definitely like went through a divorce like the details of it yeah. so so yeah but just uh when you when you feel in the mood for a, a drama they throw that on but see that that's the thing that sells it though is the performances if it's got good performances then i you know it's i feel like that's what makes it really yeah, and so. it's like everybody in the movie like across the board but and driver and scott Hansen especially like if they don't get oscar nominations i'll be pretty surprised honestly like oh wow yeah, so <laughs> All right. Uh, well, my number sixteen is a much lighter fare. Oh. Um, I won't go. I won't go into into it too much. But it's uh, it's Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. I, you know what's funny? Um, I almost forgot that came out this year. <laughs> it, it again going back to another podcast I listened to. They 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 did the best and worst of uh, the year, and they had some really funny categories. And one of them was that came out this year, and the <laughs> nominations were like were Captain Marvel, Shazam, and they were both. One of the guys was was like that really did come out this year? And they're like, yeah, it did come out this year. <laughs> it really doesn't feel like it at all. But, and that's one that I, um, that I liked, but it just didn't stick with me as obviously I just don't remember it came out this year. So Yeah. But um, I don't know. It was just, it was fun, uh, especially, you know, coming off of infinity war, we needed something that was going to be a little lighter. Cause you know, the dreary ending of that one. And then, uh, the emotional, sucker punch that was going to be end game coming up so it was just it was a nice uh nice little buffer in between uh those two and you know the 90s nostalgia was nice too and just um it made me a fan of brie larson i wasn't i hadn't seen a whole lot uh from her before um but yeah she was really charming in that movie and just yeah she she gained a fan with that movie so yeah i liked i liked her a lot and her and sam jackson had a lot of good chemistry i thought like they worked really well together yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, I really I did enjoy that. I had the whole nineties uh throwback feel the whole thing. Um I mean just a fun superhero movie. That's all I mean, sometimes that's all you need. You don't need to be like end of the world, um like, you know, complete uh Armageddon or anything. <laughs> so yeah, and I really like that they did kind of um it's it is and it isn't an origin story because you're you already see her with her powers and moving forward, but then they slowly kind of weave in um how she became the way she is throughout the whole movie um as opposed to just giving you 45 minutes of an origin story and then right <laughs> uh, you know another hour of just her being the superhero and then it's over it's like oh it's not very fun like you know we're 20 movies deep now we like we don't we, we, we don't, don't need, need all an this. origin story right now i'm pretty tired of origin stories at this point like if we could never do them again i'd be great like i told my friend recently it's like i don't ever want to see spider-man from the beginning, I don't want to see Uncle Ben die. I don't want to see all that ever again. It's like we got it. Like it's just like let's just, which yeah. is why I like the the new Spider-Man Time Holland. They just jumped in 
and didn't redo that. Like, thank God. So, yeah. Or- and, and it's not something you need to dwell on because we we know that story already. You don't need to tell it to us. You can just mention it in passing, and you know we're we're gonna get the reference by this point. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, Captain Marvel. All right. Um, in my sixteen, which may upset people if it's slow, and I don't know if it's higher on your list. Uh, Joker. Um. That's actually not too much further up on my list. So oh, okay, well then let's talk about it. Yeah, um, it. I liked it. <laughs> I just. The, I felt like I did not lose my mind over it like everybody else did. I kind of felt mm-hmm. like I was missing something. I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> and it's not the kind of movie that I would want to see anytime soon because it's real heavy. Uh, it's very dark. It's very depressing. Um. But I know people, I know people, I know friends that were like, I saw it three or four times in theaters. I'm like, I cannot fathom that. But it's like, yeah, I, no kidding. People loved it. I mean, I, I'm still shocked at the amount of money it made. Um, just because, I mean, I know, I know it's Joker, I know it's DC, uh, but uh, it's not like, um, you know, an audience pleaser. I don't, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, definitely. But I thought Walking Phoenix was amazing. That's, uh, oh, yeah. That is most of the reason it's probably on my list at all. It's like, I just thought he was, like out of this world like uh, he's got to get an oscar nomination i i think i mean i don't know if they if they would not give him one i mean but i just he carried the whole movie for me i mean the whole thing is is very much i don't know if you've seen taxi driver and king of comedy i've seen king of comedy i may have seen taxi driver but it's been a very long time and i saw it was on netflix and i put it on my watch list and they haven't gotten back to it yet yeah, yeah that's a classic i mean those i, I just looked at comedy first time last year and that one surprised me because it's kind of thought, talked about as like lesser scorsese i don't think it's lesser scorsese at all i think it was fantastic um robert de niro's in that and then it's mm-hmm. fun he's kind of playing the because he's a, a kind of king of comedy he's like a guy trying to get on this talk show it's kind of like a like a famous big talk show like johnny carson or jay leno or conan or whoever uh at the time and it's made up and it's jerry lewis plays a talk show host and now de niro and joker is kind of playing that role the jerry lewis role in king comedy so it's kind of flipped i mean i think the director has not been shy about saying like yeah he's heavily influenced by taxi driver and king comedy but like some things were like i think straight up lifted from those movies (laughs) so to me it was kind of like i'm watching like okay this is very like much those two movies with like batman lore thrown in <laughs> and it yeah. like, blew me away in that way it's well made i mean i can't but I, you know i'm just surprised everybody was like wow this is amazing like i, I gotta see this five times in theaters i'm like <laughs> so but still it's on my list so i can only i don't want to sound like i'm crapping on it but it just kind of uh it just didn't blow me away like everybody else did so <laughs> yeah like i said i think the movie it was it was very well made it was again it's all around it was very good but um had the whoever they would have chosen to be Joker that wasn't Walking Phoenix, if they hadn't delivered such a great performance, then it would have it would still have been a good movie, but it would have borderline kind of mediocre, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was it's definitely Walking Phoenix that, that sells the movie. And um I do like the um the whole how it's kind of playing off uh the mental illness thing and how he was actually trying to get help but they didn't you know, they were just kind of brushing it aside because you know mental health wasn't really a thing or mental illness wasn't a thing in the 80s you know so um there was actually a part towards the end when he's uh going on his rant uh and without without saying too much um and like i really 
I, I really was in the moment with him and, and felt it. Like I almost started, I, I did kind of start tearing up because I felt the same way he did for, for about 10 seconds. And then he kind of <laughs> veered back into his own way and then it went away. But just, just those, that, that five or 10 second span of stuff he was saying, is just like, Oh my God, like I have been there and I feel that. And then, you know, he turns back into Joker basically. I was like, okay, well now we're out of it. Yeah. I think I know what we're talking about. I think I had, had the same reaction where it kind of, kind of hit me like i said it's a real bummer and i kind of like i don't want to see it again because it really bummed me out the stuff of mental illness and it's like i think some of that it does well some of it i'm like eh, i don't know like i i kind of don't want them i don't want people to take the wrong message that oh if you know you've got a mental illness you're going to turn to a sociopath and kill people <laughs> you know but i don't know yeah, if everyone exactly like i don't think that was too much of a concern people really did that but it's there are times you relate to him which i think again is back to walking phoenix and how good he is that you just feel really bad for him. I mean, it's, um, so yeah, I just, uh, I liked it, but to me it just was, I was very bummed out afterwards and I'm like, eh, I'm going to see that for like maybe another couple of years or something. Maybe I'll come back to it. But, but, um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it was definitely a huge surprise. I think it made a billion dollars, which is crazy. (laughs) Like, so first R rated movie ever to do that. Yeah. 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 So, did, did and didn't see that coming and I, I knew it was going to be a big hit because they uh had hyped it up so much and i was like oh yeah this is this is going to be a huge hit mm-hmm. and then uh just opened my phone one day and it was like joker to be first already movie to hit a billion dollars today and i was like holy shit and i was like okay i didn't see that coming yeah i would have guessed like maybe a couple hundred million because it's, it's a superhero related movie and those always do well nowadays it seems like and they hyped it up so much but a billion yeah. is is nuts and i think it only cost him like 40 or 50 million to make so i think it's now the most profitable comic book movie of all time as well too yeah that makes sense because it's got a lower budget than most of the comic book movies so yeah. so yeah okay so that was my my 16 was joker which you're uh, 15 all right well keeping moving with the uh comic book theme it's uh spider-man far from home oh uh did um, not make my list but would be an honorable mention again <laughs> yeah again it's it's it was a nice little treat after um Again, the emotional gut punch that was Endgame, mm-hmm. and it, it had a couple with sad moments, but for the most part, it was just we were you're kind of back to basics. It's Spider-Man against a bad guy, and that's you know that was really it. But they they did a really good job on it, and it was really fun. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal does good as always, which uh, I wasn't against him being Mysterio. I just was like uh, I was like I I'm glad they got an, an actor of such high caliber, but I don't know if he quite fits in with the marvel motif but then seeing him in it and i was like you know what like he he really did uh did go on his own in in that it was he did a really good job yeah yeah i thought he was kind of the mvp of that movie in a way like i i thought he did a really good job because i kind of was like you i was like i don't know he was mysterious i don't really see it even though i think he's a really good actor i was kind of like surprised and i was like i don't know if that's gonna work and then i thought he's best part of the movie so uh he's yeah. good in everything apparently um I, I like that one. It was fun. We needed that movie after after Endgame. I feel like you needed that one just kind of like take a breath and have a palate cleanser almost. Like, mm. like you know, let's just like reset and kind of, you know, I mean, go on like a summer vacation like they do in the movie. It's like you need like a little vacation from like the heaviness of all the Marvel stuff up to that point. So um, very interested with how that one ended. I won't say how it how it left off but thank god they got tom holland back too that was like the scariest moment of the year for me it was when oh my it was god like, I know. oh we've lost the rights to spider-man i was like you gotta be kidding me come on it's like disney marvel you have money you can print money at this point just pay up so yeah and it, it's like don't 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 give us that kind of ending if you 
aren't 100% sure you're going to be able to follow it up, you know? Yeah, I was like, you got to be, especially the ending. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, come on. Like, it's just like, get it together, all of you to make, like Sony and Marvel and Disney, like you all can make money. Let's just, you know, keep it. And I guess they worked out, thankfully, because Tom Holland, I know this is controversial. He's my favorite Spider-Man. And I used to love Tobey Maguire, but I think Tom Holland has, for me, surpassed uh, him as my favorite Spider-Man, so. Um, I will agree. I, I do think he's probably the best of them. Um, I was going to say, I, live action, I think my favorite Spider-Man movie is still Spider-Man 2, which I'm surprised a lot of people give me shit for. No, it's, I think um, it's, uh, if, I think I like Homecoming, like, like a, I mean, like a hair more, but it, for a long time, Spider-Man 2, I thought was like one of the best superhero movies ever made. So, oh yeah, definitely. But I kind of like, I don't uh, know, those Tony Guire ones have not, I still like the first two a lot, but they just haven't, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I don't like them as much as I used to, but I still like them. I just, they've waned a little bit for me, but, but Spider-Man 2 was a great superhero movie. I'm surprised anyone gives you a hard time about that. <laughs> I, I got into an argument with somebody at work because I told them I did not like the third one and they were defending it like it was probably the best Spider-Man movie ever. And I'm just like, what? we watch the same movie? Like what? I mean, I'm not going to say it, it's not without its good scenes, but overall, I mean, even Sam Raimi will tell you, Oh yeah, I screwed up majorly with that movie. Yeah. That's insane. Spider-Man three is, yeah. I hate Spider-Man. 3. <laughs> like, I, I, I've maybe seen it twice. If, if that, I was like um, actively mad. I remember in the, when that came out, I, I was like the whole, Oh God, like dark Peter, emo Peter, whatever you want to call it. Oh God, emo <laughs> I, Peter. I was like in my seat, just like going, like, you know, scooting down, like, Oh God, what have we done? <laughs> and they, they totally botched Venom. But it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, Sam Raimi apparently didn't care about Venom, is what I heard, and they kind of forced him to put Venom in the movie, and I mean, it shows. It actually, he actually isn't one in the movie. <laughs> so, yeah, no kidding. Go for Grace, it's a bad choice. I, everything, I, Spider-Man 3, I think it has a couple things that are okay, maybe, you know, like the first half of the movie, but, I mean, overall, it's just, it's a mess, like, so, yeah. And I'm, I'm not a Topher Grace fan in general, but I honestly don't blame him for leaving that 70s show to go do that. Cause that's the reason why he quit the show was it was either he had to quit the show or oh, I didn't, I uh, pass on venom. And it's like, you know what, if that was, if they asked me to do it, I sorry, my show, I'm, I'm going. <laughs> yeah. The show's been on for like eight years. I'm getting out of here. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like I, we're, we're kind of done anyway. Uh, <laughs> we wrap this thing up, right? <laughs> but oh, it's yeah. still, still stands for me that spider verse is my favorite Spider-Man movie oh, overall though. That, now that if we did like a top 10 of the decade or something like that, that would probably be my, best of the decade that movie is incredible <laughs> oh yeah definitely um which i'm still slowly working on uh i don't know if i'll ever release the top <laughs> 10 of the decade maybe in print form uh because even just talking about those 10 movies would probably be a long episode but um <laughs> yeah it, it it it's really hard work i'm surprised because i went through 2010s all of 2000 the movies i saw in 2010 and i came up with three movies for for that year which was kind of surprising i figured i was going to struggle with like 10 movies a year no 2010 i only had three movies <laughs> oh well i mean it's not if you have to make a top 10 for the whole decade if you got three in one year that's not too bad you know <laughs> I, I did yeah it's funny i finished mine i finished my best of the 2010s i ended up doing 25 movies because i was like eh, why limit myself <laughs> i just put on letterbox yeah. and and uh it, it actually wasn't that hard i actually kind of left some stuff off that i still thought needed to be on there but uh but yeah I, there's there was a lot of good stuff it was actually kind of i thought it was kind of like backloaded i felt like the last maybe three or four years to me had a lot more choices in the beginning of the decade. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we're getting on topic, but yeah, it's like, I know. <laughs> but Spider-Man far, far from home is definitely just like a, just a nice light 
palate cleanser after uh, <laughs> after Endgame, a nice kind of like reset for for the next uh, phase wherever they go with Marvel. So, uh, what? Oh, the next one is Black Widow, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I'm curious about because I had no real interest in that one. <laughs> And then I saw the trailer. I didn't either, but yeah, it looks good. I'm like, that yeah, looks good. I guess I should not. So I should stop Daddy Marvel at this point. It's like I guess they're gonna keep cranking out good movies. Yeah, no kidding. So, okay, so I guess we're going to my 15, uh, which mm-hmm. is a movie you mentioned a couple minutes ago, which was Longshot. All right. <laughs> I got quiet on that one. I was like, it's coming up in a couple of picks, so I'll just say it then. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> I, I agree with you. It's like I don't think comedy should like ever be over two hours long. <laughs> I think that's like a like a death sentence. When I see a comedy, it's like, I think funny people with Adam Sandler was like two and a half hours long. Yeah. I was like, that's, I remember that's the movie I always say. That's like why a comedy should not be that long. It's, it's, it's just, no one wants to kind of go on two and a half hours. It's ridiculous. Like 90 minutes. Great. But <laughs> long shot. Like see, my only complaint about long shot was that it was too long. Cause I, I loved it otherwise, but sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you going to say? <laughs> oh no. Well, actually first. Off, okay. See, yeah. Long shot was 125 minutes. I said 135, oh, okay. but, um, um, I think I know a lot of people are probably mad at this too, but honestly, I think Funny People was probably my favorite um, Judd Apatow directed movie, just because um, it's definitely his most mature movie. It it doesn't have to rely on you know raunchy, gross jokes. Which um, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's the highest caliber of those. He knows how to use raunchy, gross jokes uh, very well. Um, but I do remember seeing that movie in the theater, and. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's almost 10 years old at this point, so I'm not spoiling anything. Uh, you know, Adam Sandler has like a rare form of cancer, I think. And uh, it, from the trailers they show you, he he gets over it um, and decides to, you know, kind of like turn his life around in a way. But um, I remember looking and it was like we were 80 minutes in and he's still sick. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, we still have another <laughs> hour to go. Like, this is insane. <laughs> I forgot about that. The trailer's really like... I feel like kind of told you one thing was going to happen or it, and it didn't quite go. The trailer was kind of misrepresented in the movie. I felt like I remember that one, right. Cause I remember seeing it and going, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. it, there are things I like in that movie. Like it's definitely Judd Apatow. That seemed like a movie where he was like, uh, cashing in his chips after all the success he had and being like, this is what I want to make. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, it's kind of like a drama. It's two and a half, like two plus hours long. It's like, you know, and, uh, but I, it just, yeah, I remember that one. It just to me felt like I was like, this has got to this is thirty minutes too long at least. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, no, I, I'm I'm with you on that one. It, it could have been shorter, but I like I said, I still overall I I really did like it. But I, I probably need to rewatch it at some point because there are some there's some funny people in that movie too. Um, but speaking of funny people, long shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a, a really good supporting cast besides I mean besides Charlie Sarah and Seth Rogen who I thought were both really good. And when yeah. I saw those trailers. I was like, really? Seth Rogen and Charlie Theron? What? <laughs> like, you know, I think most people were like, yeah. I don't get it. Uh, the movie makes you buy that they would be in a relationship. I feel like it really is a good job of like selling that um, that she would fall for Seth Rogen. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, it just, it's, I feel like it's very smart. It's, I thought it was really funny. Um, it, yeah, it probably is a little bit too long, but I just, I, it's like one of the best romantic comedies we've gotten in a long time, which I don't think they make a lot of good romantic comedies these days uh they don't make any of them at all but good ones are really few and far between <laughs> um yeah but it's it's actually good at being romantic and funny which is the, the rare feat i feel like um it goes in some crazy uh directions there's like one scene where they're overseas somewhere 
and like an attack starts <laughs> being like yeah that that was a really <laughs> surprising scene i did not see that coming yeah. at all it was like what <laughs> so it just goes off in some really funny kind of crazy directions i think o'shea jackson who's ice cube son shows up <laughs> yeah and he's really funny that guy every movie he's i've seen him and he like steals the movie every scene he's in he's hilarious um and he's great i just that was one of the surprises of the year for me was long shot and i feel bad because i think it came out literally i think the week after endgame and just got yeah, and it tanked swallowed hard. up i like, got completely destroyed <laughs> and it was like I'd already seen game and I went to go see long shot the weekend after. And I was like, this is one of the best movies I've seen this year. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I just really like it. It's very charming. It's very sweet. It's very funny. I'm, I'm pushing people to see long shot. Whenever I tell people, I'm like, you know, what movie should I see that I missed this year? It's like, go, go see long shot. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, well, we can real quick. My number 14 is Joker. Oh. What's your 14? <laughs> uh, <laughs> easy enough. Um, <laughs> Uh, my number 14 is John Wick Chapter 3. Okay, mine, uh, I'm, I'm a few spots above that. Okay. Um, funny, because it's 14, but it's still uh, pretty much the best pure action movie I saw all year. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, because you can call, like, a super... I don't. It's funny, because I don't really... It sounds so stupid, but superhero movies, they're definitely action movies, but I think they're almost their own genre at this point. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. So John Wick three is like the most just the I mean just the best straight up action movie, and the first fifteen twenty minutes it throws oh my god you right into it <laughs> I, yeah I mean, I mean he uses a book he uses a horse uh, he's like beating people makes his own gun I forgot about making his own gun <laughs> yeah I need that's another I need to get back I just got it um on four K for Christmas I need to rewatch it I haven't had a chance yet um but I mean. Uh, these movies are like all three of them this might be my least favorite of the three but it's like i mean all three are like top notch i mean it's like (laughs) it's it's just it gets a little i don't want to say too crazy it gets like really deep into the mythology of like what's going on with these assassins and like um which i kind of (laughs) like but sometimes it's like kind of almost is a little too much i don't know it's like um it's just, it's a crazy movie. I can't believe they're still making more of these. <laughs> like, they're making I, yeah. more. Um, it's like, they keep pushing. I mean, I'll keep going. I'm not going to, it's like, just keep making Keanu. It's fine. Um, I think it's hilarious that, that they plan to open John Wick for the same day as Matrix 4. Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be very interesting. It's either going to be a good thing or it's going to backfire. I can't, I can't believe they're going to stick to that. I feel like it's one of those things where one of them is going to blink and move the date. Because I just yeah. that that's just not good for either one of them. I mean, I'll go see two Keanu Reeves movies in one weekend. I don't care. I'll be- oh hell yeah! <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, John Wick three. There's just not much to say. It's just it's bigger and crazier than the first two, and it's got some great action. Um, yeah, and I'm all aboard the Keanu Reeves Renaissance. I'm glad everybody's back on board. Like I feel like I never yeah. left, but it's like <laughs> yeah, um, no kidding. Yeah, it's just I'm I'm happy for him because he seems like a super nice dude, and it's like I'm glad he's having all the success now. <laughs> so yeah, no kidding, but, man. Yeah, um, reaction movies, I'm not gonna say so. <laughs> yeah, I I want to say it might be my favorite of them, but um, I somehow keep going back to the second one. The second one is. <laughs> just amazing overall um the, th- the third one I, I i the only thing that it where it dips for me is actually during the the final uh no not i shouldn't say the final battle but rather rather the final shootout um with all the guys coming into the hotel and all that that it was really good but i feel like if this was supposed to be the big climactic um shootout it should have been a little 
bigger than that. And it wasn't, um, considering everything that came before it, it really wasn't anything too special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, but Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say no, but just, just overall though, it, it was, it was a crowd pleaser to me. Like I was oh, yeah. making noises the whole time. <laughs> I, <laughs> there was a lady and sitting in front of us and, uh, after every time he would do some like brutal move to somebody, you could just hear that lady just go like, you would hear her doing like, Oh, Oh, like that. But then after, <laughs> after he would be done, like he would finally kill them or whatever. She would just go, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me in these movies. It's funny. Cause I'm just like a nonviolent person in real life. I don't own any guns. I don't like, you know, but it's like, I love these kind of movies. And I'm like, I'm like cackling. I'm like giddy watching the yeah. job. I'm like, Ooh, like, I'm just, like, you probably hear me just talking <laughs> like a maniac uh, in the background. Um, cause I think, uh, the problem with three, I realized maybe I might have burned myself myself out because the night before I was going to go see three, I watched one and two back to back, and you watch the third one. That's a lot of like, that's a lot of shooting. That's a lot of killing. It's just like yeah, you no almost become kind of numb to it after that much and you know, it in that quick succession. So I might have like, I was like, did I hurt the movie by watching too much John Wick before? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. I ate two pizzas and had a third pizza. It's like it might be too much. You know, <laughs> but uh, I think I would rank them. I just say if I'm gonna, like, I think I'd go probably two two, one, and three. But I mean, that's, it's like, it's such a close uh, race between the three of them. It's, it's not like three's way below there or two or anything like that. So, um, but I think two is a sweet spot. I feel like two expands upon the first one, but it hasn't gotten like super crazy yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but I'm still excited for four. I, I can't imagine where they're going to go with that one at this point. So. <laughs> it, it, it did kind of piss me off when, he said, Keanu said, this is the, this is the final one and you know, we're done. I don't want to keep making them if they're going to get, uh, I don't want them to get watered down over time, uh, with sequels and whatnot. So I was like, okay, cool. Like we're going to get a definitive ending and then it ends on a cliffhanger. And yeah. then, you know, two <laughs> days later they had a release date for part four and I was like, oh man, like uh, I'm, I'm excited. I will go see it, but I was hoping for an ending. Like they, yeah. like it sounded like we were going to get, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's cool it's cool to keep making more and more money. It's like each one keeps doing better than the last one. And, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I heard somewhere, maybe wrong, that four is definitively like they won't make any more, which I hope is true. Cause I feel like we're that thing with three. It's like almost like, I think of an analogy, it's almost like they were holding too many plates and they're about to fall, but they kept them up for me. But it's like, they're dangerous now. It's like, they're getting close to like just letting all this craziness kind of get too big and away from them. But I feel like they still have a, a handle on it. <laughs> So yeah, we'll see what happens in four. I do. I, four has to be the last one. Like they, they got to stop. <laughs> so yeah, because then then even if they are consistently good, you're you're gonna get, you know, you're gonna get bored of them. Not even necessarily bored, but you're just gonna get burnt out. It's like eh, I don't need to see another one of these. Right, and, and Keanu Reeves is gonna keep getting older, even though he seems like he aged like a vampire. But <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, that maybe they should wait. Make four. Wait like 10, 20 years. Make an old man wick. <laughs> <laughs> like a yeah, Logan oh, that style. Would, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. Pitch that to somebody. But uh, and then yeah. oh, I'm really excited for Bill and Ted this year. Oh God, yeah, Bill and Ted three. Definitely. I'm like just Keanu train. Bring it. I'm on. I'm on board. <laughs> yes. So all all Keanu all year long. <laughs> I'm all about it. So that was my 14. So what's your 13? Um, 13 is. Let me look at my list really quick. Yeah, I think 13 is probably um probably the funniest movie I've seen this year, and that is Booksmart. Oh. Yes, I love Booksmart. It's a little higher on my list, but yeah, let's. Uh... It was it was really hard. This is this is where I started having problems. Once I hit <laughs> um, pretty much fourteen on, I was like, oh, okay, I know so how these are gonna go. I was looking at my list. And I had the exact same problem. Like these, like fourteen through nineteen, are almost like could have been the honorable mentions, but like thirteen through one are like I had a really hard time with these. These are all like 
great movies to me and had a very hard time ranking them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Booksmart was one of those ones, like, I, I, I don't even think I saw a trailer, but I heard what it was about. I heard who was involved, who was directing it. Um, which, uh, kudos to Olivia Wilde, who I've never, I've never disliked, but I've never necessarily been a fan of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she did a great job, uh, as her first time directing. Um, uh, I know she didn't do any of the writing. Uh, I've never, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of the two guys that, that wrote it, but, and people, it, it really does bother me and people call it the, uh, the female version of super bad, which, I mean, I, I can see that, but also they're completely different movies. Yeah, to me, they're um, very different. I mean, I, besides it being two seniors who are boys and two seniors who are girls but having like a crazy night, that's the, yeah, that's that's, the end of it to me. It's like that's, the, that's where it stops. Exactly. Um, but the, the jokes were very smart, and it, it was just one of those day, uh, those movies where um, one day I got off of work and I walked over to the... Uh, Walked over to the Red Box, um, which apparently Red Box is only an American thing. So for those of you who don't know oh. what it is, it's basically a DVD, Blu-ray vending machine. Um, you can rent movies from it. Um, I saw Booksmart was there, and I was like, all right, you know, I'm kind of in the mood for a, a funny movie, and I've heard this one's really good, so I'll get it. And the opening scene of them dancing, I was already sold. I was like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. if, if, it, if, if it continues to be <laughs> as funny and unique as this scene, like, I'm all for it, and, and it just gets even better from there on. It was, it's, it, there's so many highlights that you could pull from it uh, yeah it's um, great that, and it's funny because that first scene where they dance pretty much at each other i was like on board immediately i'm like this is yeah. great i'm like i i love the vibe already so yeah they, they both of them did really good um uh beanie feldstein who's jonah it. hill's brother which i did not know or sister yeah <laughs> uh, so, i'm sorry <laughs> okay. yeah sister whoops uh which um because and then I was like, really? And I looked up Jonah Hill, and his name is Jonah Hill Feldstein. So yeah, which I hadn't realized. I was like, oh, I didn't know that yeah, either. Yeah. But I can see and it. My, yeah, my girlfriend was like, you can't tell that <laughs> that's his sister, and I was like, no, not really. <laughs> like yeah. I don't think they look alike. No, I, I mean, I could see it when you tell me, but it's uh, it's not like uh, uncanny. It's not like you put a wing on Jonah Hill and he looks like her. You know, anything like that. It's, yeah, exactly. It's not that close. So. Um, and um, yeah. I can't remember the other girl's name, but I know she was on um, that Tim Allen show, uh, Last Man Standing, which, uh, <laughs> long story short, I, the, the show is funny. I don't like it as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the jokes are funny. I don't I don't care for it. But um, she was good on that show from the little bit I saw, and she did a really good job on this movie. And I know she's on some movie on uh, Netflix that apparently she's getting a lot of praise for, too, which I can't remember the name of it now. Um, but, yeah, she's, um, she's really good in this, and I, I feel like she's going to – hopefully she – keeps uh, getting put in good things because she's she's a pretty good actress yeah i had to look it up because i was kind of curious too uh caitlin deaver is her name there you go uh and yeah her and Minnie filting are so good together and so funny and uh they give uh, caitlin deaver a really good storyline that's like really sweet um kind of won't spoil it where it goes but it's like a really sweet like kind of romantic storyline that has mm-hmm. a very awkward scene <laughs> but it's like yeah. it's very honest and very real and i gotta give olivia Wilde a lot of credit because one thing about comedies you don't hear a lot is like, oh, that was really well directed. But Booksmart's really well directed. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it really is. It's got this like crazy little like trippy animated scene, which I really yeah, that was that was hilarious, unexpected. Um, but I remember thinking like, damn, Oliver Wilde's really directing the hell out of this thing. <laughs> which a lot of times comedies you kind of just plop the camera down and let people kind of go. But I feel like she really, you could you could feel there was like her guiding it through the whole thing, and it's very funny. And I want to get the name of the other girl who was really funny. It kept popping up. 
who I think is Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy Lord, I want to say. Oh, Billy Lord. Yeah, she was really funny in that, <laughs> she too. She just pops up at random places <laughs> and was, like, <laughs> killing me every time she popped up. And, God, there's, a scene, yeah. there's so many funny scenes. But, like, um, well, my sister, and we were dying. There's, like, a karaoke scene where they're singing Alanis Morissette. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I was like losing my mind. Um, it's yeah. There's just so much good stuff in that movie, and I, I feel so bad um, that it didn't do that well. I don't think it because it was a small budget. I don't think it like bombed. But I remember the weekend it came out. Or the weekend after, Liver Wild was like on Twitter, pretty much having to beg people like to go see the movie. She's like, "We're you know, we all yeah. work hard on this. Like it's a small movie. Please support it." Um, so. Yeah, I, I saw it twice. I was out there. I was like telling people, like, yeah, I see Booksmart. Come on. <laughs> and, like, I took people the second time. I was like, this is great. So I've been a big fan of that one all year. I've been like, you know, uh, tooting the horn for that one. I'm like, go see Booksmart. And now it's on Blu-ray and um, you can rent it. it. It's really funny. It's probably the, It probably is the best comedy I saw all year, I got to say. Yeah, I definitely think so. So, yeah, it's great. I'm glad we're, glad we're talking about that one. So Oh, yeah. Um, so that was your 13. My 13 mm-hmm. is very different. <laughs> uh okay. it's the lighthouse <laughs> uh, see i still haven't seen that um i really want to though they didn't make it easy to see i don't think i can't remember i had to go to my like local uh like repertory theater around here it's called the narrow it's like uh kind of like the art house theater um i think it was in normal like mainstream theaters for a couple, week or two but um it was kind of hard to track down but it's yeah that movie it's like kind of like midsummer with you're like, you can't believe this is out and like kind of getting like a major release with major stars in it. Cause it's such a weird, crazy movie. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. I wrote something about it. <laughs> um, cause I'm going to write something about it for uh, the site that I write for. And I just wrote like, it's like who would bankroll a black and white, uh, two person chamber piece. That's it got old timey sailor talk in it. Like what? <laughs> like if I told you that on paper, yeah. it's like, that'd be insane. Um, but uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, are so good in that movie. <laughs> uh, I, it's funny because Willem Dafoe got all the talk, I think, before I saw it. And he was great. I feel like he's born to play an old sea sailor type guy. <laughs> like, yeah. that is his DNA. But then Robert Panson, I thought, to me, actually was even a little bit better. I don't know. He kind of, or maybe he kind of surprised me more because um, he's so good. And uh, he has to do some really weird stuff <laughs> um, that we'll go into. Uh, and it's got a lot of weird, like dark comedy in it. Um, it's just a crazy movie. That, I mean, I guess Robert Eggers, like you know, he got a bunch of goodwill from The Witch, and then he was like, "Well, I'm going to go take it and make this crazy uh, movie about two guys on an island lighthouse, and there may or may not be a monster." Yeah, you know, it's just like this weird, like so uh, such a specific thing that you can only make when you've had a movie that was like. A critical darling i feel like. <laughs> like he took all his cachet and was like i'm gonna make this and uh i really I, I went with a friend of mine and we were like the two weirdos that were laughing through most of it <laughs> 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 i mean uh, it's just i think most of it's supposed to be funny it's kind of hard to tell <laughs> but uh i don't even know what to say about it we're kind of spoiling more but it's it's very weird it's definitely not it's not for main i, I feel like it would not please mainstream audiences at all <laughs> like uh but it's just such an interesting movie that I uh, that I actually really enjoy. So, yeah, I'm I'm curious. I have a uh, um, I have like a, a rental voucher that Google Play just sent me out of nowhere for whatever reason. It was like a dollar fifty for any movie rental, and I went to I went and looked up the Lighthouse, and it um, 
at that time it said it had five days before it became available for rental which oh. i think today might be the fifth oh. day so maybe i'll watch it later on today we'll see i gotta see if it's uh available to rent or not yet but yeah i'm uh, i really love the witch um i, I can't believe i th- I could have sworn robert eggers did something in between the witch and the lighthouse but he hasn't it was a good what four years ago maybe i think three, three i can't think about 2016 i think okay i guess i guess it's about right then unless you're Ari Aster and you did two movies in two years, which, <laughs> dear God, I don't know how the hell he did that. And two movies that seemed like they would take a while to make, especially Midsummer. Like, that movie just seems like it would take uh, the way it was shot. And as the movie, you know, I can't remember how, I read how long they spent over there shooting that movie. And I thought it, it was, was like July to October or something like that. Yeah. So he got that one out pretty quick. But yeah, it is just, um, Eggers, too, you had me questioning. I was like, he did just kind of take a gap there between uh the witch and lighthouse but i think he was entertaining a bunch of um offers i don't know if you listen to the shockwaves podcast um he was on oh yeah yeah a few weeks ago and uh it sounded like he was kind of bouncing around some ideas i'm kind of glad he i think he made the point that he was like i could go do something kind of more mainstream for a big studio but i kind of thought this was my chance to like sneak this weird movie out there <laughs> like he kind of wanted yeah. to put it out there while he had the while he had the chance um i think he wants to do or he might be doing nosferatu like another version of that which, oh wow that'd be pretty cool very interesting so um but yeah like ari aster robert eggers is a guy that like i'm on board for whatever movie he directs i'll go see it so yeah just based off the witch i'm i'm all for it that's why when i heard he was doing another movie another horror movie uh and especially with willem dafoe i was like okay i'm sold i'm not i'm not a huge fan of robert pattinson i mean i don't i don't dislike him but i i do um respect that he's a good actor and all that which uh after seeing uncut gems which we will probably talk about later mm-hmm. um uh, I saw that Good Time is on Netflix, which I still haven't seen, and I've heard it's amazing, and I, I really want to get to it. It is good. I I watched it, I think last year, and I think maybe the it was built up a little much bit too much for me. Um, he's really good in it, but I thought the movie was kind of just like eh, it was good, you know what I mean? But I wasn't like blown away by it by a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he he's a guy. You told me ten years ago, whenever Twilight came out. <laughs> It's like, this guy's going to be a really good actor in a few years. I'd be like, okay, sure. But he's, hey, he is, yeah. him and Kristen Stewart are trying so hard, and I got to respect for this, to get away from Twilight. You can clearly tell they're trying to like do all these weird indie projects with the occasional kind of bigger movie in there. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they're just, he's doing a good job. I mean, I've, most things I've seen him in, I thought he's a really good actor. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, moving on to my number 12 is um probably the biggest surprise of the year of how much i liked it and it's uh ready or not oh yep that is higher on my list i i love that movie (laughs) it it was so much fun i i feel like i i i needed a good horror comedy which um i feel like there hasn't been a very good one in a while and that just yeah it it was definitely satiating it did it was perfect it was exactly what i needed it was funny and it was very bloody and over the top and just yeah that's that's really all i can say about it just it was it was some damn good fun and it was a real like i don't know where surprise i feel like because i felt yeah, like definitely i don't remember if i saw a trailer for it i think i might have known it was coming out but i didn't know much about it and it just was it suddenly was out and i was looking at the movies that are coming out and i'm like oh ready or not that i want to see that so i just went kind of blind which I, was good because I heard the trailer sport a lot. Apparently, <laughs> like a lot of mm. the gave they gave stuff away. So I went in there pretty blind, and I loved it. Like earlier in the year when I first saw it, it was very high on my list. It's a little farther down now, but um, like I was like I went gaga over that thing. I loved it. <laughs> like, and so I think most of that is Samara Weaving in that movie is mm-hmm. so so good, and I love her like in everything I see her. And she was in a movie called um, 
Mayhem that came out a year or two ago. It was kind of like, it came out around the same time as the Belco experiment, and they were very similar movies. It was like people trapped in office buildings, and there's like something in the air that makes everyone go crazy and attack each other. And um, I don't know if you saw either of those, but <laughs> uh, her and Mayhem, she's in there with uh, Stephen Yoon, I think his name is from Walking Dead. Mm, okay. And uh, it's very fun. I think it's the much better of those two movies. Belco experiment did not work for me, but Mayhem, she's great in that. Uh, she's she totally, I think she carries Ready or Not. Um, uh, and I just want to see her in like everything. <laughs> I think my letter box review yeah. was like, I think I started by saying like, Hey, can we just put Samara weaving in like all the movies? Is that cool? <laughs> like, she, um, she's just, yeah, she's great. It's very, it's super fun. Um, like I had a blast. I didn't know where it was going. And then like the ending, like blew me away because <laughs> I did not expect them to go the direction they did. See, and I'm, I, I don't know what I read. I think it might've just been an ad for that movie. And or I, don't, I really don't know what it was, but I know it was a post on Facebook about the movie, and um, I don't know why I looked at the comments, but a lot of people were just like, oh, you know, just so much fun, this is a great movie, uh, you know, just things like that, and then all of a sudden the next comment was, I can't believe this happened at the uh, end. I was like, son of a bitch, yeah. like, really? <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry, that sucks. It's like, yeah, yeah I, that happened to me with something... It's like I was reading comments for something unrelated to oh, what movie was that, and someone just gave a spoiler away in the comments. You're like, you son of a bitch! It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I yeah, that sucks. I mean, going in blind because I saw people who criticize Ready or Not, and like they're kind of like, oh, it was predictable, or I knew where it was going. I'm like, predictable what? And then I guess if you saw the trailer, you kind of see where it was going more. I think we're back and watch after the fact, and I said, okay, <laughs> I can see where you think you can get the beats from this trailer, but uh, but yeah, I just it was a real like pleasant out of nowhere surprise at the end of summer like that i just had a lot of fun with and yeah it just was like kind of reminded me of another movie that's actually higher up on my list which i'll talk about in a few picks so all right I, yeah i'm glad i went into that mostly blind like uh like i did with book smart i don't think i saw the trailer for either one of those um i had probably read what they were about and was like okay this sounds good and then again it was just one of those days i got off work and i was like oh let's see if there's anything new at the red box and i was like oh ready or not like we were just talking about that the other day like i'll get it and there you know there we are i was like all right good i'm glad i went in this knowing almost nothing <laughs> i like doing that more and more movies now like the less i can know the better give me like a one sentence like synopsis and if i'm like i know some of the people in it or the director that's all i want to know sometimes you know <laughs> so yeah see that's that's um just like another movie i'll talk about a little higher up um kind of the same thing i i heard who was writing and directing who was involved and more or less what it was about and i was like i don't need to see a trailer even though i did um i was like i'm already you already have my money like i'm gonna go see it so <laughs> exactly it's like i think it's funny there they put the trailer out for quiet place too and i know mm-hmm. you saw that and there was like a really short like 15 second teaser then there was a full trailer i was that's a movie where i'm like you don't need a trailer i'll go like i'm gonna be there don't worry it's like just... that, that 15 second trailer was perfect that's though. all you, all need. you needed yeah. that and that full trailer i i uh when did we see that i think we saw it when when uh my girlfriend and I went and saw uh, Uncut Gems, and like yeah. after the trailer, I turned to her and I was like, "I think you saw the creatures more in this trailer that's, than you did in the entire first movie. Like, point. that's not good." That's a good point. Yeah, I did. I was like, "We're seeing a lot of these. I don't know. Like, I could have just done the 15 second teaser, and that would have been good. Like, I'm like, I'm gonna go. People are gonna go. The first one was a huge hit. If as long as you know that like uh, Emily Blunt's back in it, and it's the same kids, 
I don't think you need to do much. It, it was it reminds me of like um, it was funny people talking about when Endgame was coming out. It was like, do we need trailers? It was like you could have had like the uh, Russo brothers stand in front of a green screen and go, you know, you're going to see it. <laughs> like, yeah, it comes out exactly. April 26. You'll be there. We're not going to show you anything. <laughs> and and I'm I'm glad I kind of called it for for that. I I said, you know, they're not going to want to do a full on uh, trailer for the movie. I said, what I think they should do is just kind of give you highlights of all the movies up until now in trailer form and they more or less did that yeah you know they, you you kind of got you know like 25 seconds of end game footage at the end but mm-hmm. well the teaser ones and then you know you got the full trailer and they did they did and didn't show a lot yeah they did pretty well I just it was funny because you really could have just done nothing and people would have been there you know what i mean it yeah like, it's it's like do you think people are just going to be okay with infinity war and not go see this at all right. like like come on yeah you, you had him on the hook so um yeah Okay, so, yeah, your 12, ready or not. Um, mm-hmm. uh, my 12, which this is why I'm really glad we did more than top 10, because now these couple had a very hard time if they went up in the top 10, starting with number 12, which was Uncut Gems. Okay, that's, that's a few more spots higher on mine. <laughs> I thought so when you said that earlier. And yeah. that speaks to how I think, as I said already, I think this year was like one of the best years of the decade for movies. Like, mm-hmm. I thought this year was super strong, and it was like a nice variety and like, there's a lot of years. I look back on my my past like kind of top ten lists, uh, which I've only been keeping because I like I was into movies a lot when I was younger. I kind of fell out of it, and then I really got back into it the past five years, and I've been keeping my my top ten list. There's a lot of years where Uncut Gems would be like a top three of the year, <laughs> like so. The fact yeah. that it's twelve just speaks to like the quality. So, um, I mean, I think everyone has said this for this movie. It is super stressful. <laughs> god yes oh my god it is Ugh. like i have a friend um who i just he does not do well with like uh like a lot of sounds and like people talking over each other and he's just very like <laughs> i'm like you should not see uncut jam my friend <laughs> I was like, sensory overload yeah sensory overload for him like for me it was almost too much it was like there's a scene early on where they're in adam sanders like jewelry shop and it's like him and like keith stanfield who plays kind of like his gopher i don't know what you call like his assistant he kind of helps him get people in the door i think kevin garnett's yeah. already there and it's just like everybody's talking over each other and like talking at the same time and yelling <laughs> it's just like but it's like, which you know what props to the to the sound people because yeah like you said they were talking over each other but you you were able to understand what everybody was saying you heard everyone's argument or lines like yeah. you you know it wasn't just muddled you heard everybody which like i said props to the sound people because i don't know if that i don't know if that maybe that added to the the um nerve-wrackingness of it because you you were hearing everything as opposed to just noise i think it did because people talking too much and yelling actually does kind of like rack my nerves i feel like and i was Mm -hmm. god like but it's it's something you don't see a lot movies i feel like people stop you know they say their line the other person talks they don't talk over each other a lot uh yeah i feel like this was more chaotic more real um kind of captured his hectic life in a nutshell <laughs> um a lot of like uh, a lot of hectic phone calls like someone had a great review it's like uh, on letter- a very short review on letterbox it was like uh it's like two hours of chaotic uh conversations and phone calls and i loved it it was just like but it's just yeah. it's constant like it's it doesn't take much time to like be quiet and breathe but the funny thing is all this chatter it still has one of the best scores of the year i don't know if you noticed like how good oh my god i've already got it i love the score to it it. it's like my and the score is pretty chill like it's funny because the music is kind of like like really cool and like just kind of laid back and like this kind of like weird dreamy pop thing that i just like loved it it's like um 
yeah, it's so good. I mean, everything is so good. That's why I feel like I'm like at 12, I'm just like, should it be higher? But it's like, there's so many good movies because <laughs> Adam, yeah. Adam Sandler is great. As everybody said he was, he is like, Oh God. Yeah. It's crazy how it's almost, I think he said before, it's like, you know, I do a lot of them. I think he's admitted he does his movies to go on vacations with his friends, which I guess props to him for being honest. <laughs> but yeah. it's like the guy can act and I kind of wish he would do it more. Maybe he will now that he's getting older. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's great. And he's like, weirdly, he's definitely not a likable character, but he's very compelling. I think is the way to put it. It's like, yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, it's one of those things where he's not, he's not the most terrible person in the movie. There's certainly worse people. Like he, he, you know, obviously has some things that people would, you know, turn their noses up at, but then it's like, you know, compared to a lot of other people in the movie, you're like, you know, he's not that bad. He just has his issues and makes dumb decisions. Yeah. And oh, especially near the end. There was a time oh I, I pretty much screaming at the screen or it's just like, oh, no, <laughs> stop. please. But I think it captures that like I'm not a gambling addict. I don't know any gambling addicts. But from what I've heard about them, it's, it seems like it captures that very well. That compulsion, like he just has to keep betting and keep going. So, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's something. And it really makes you care about <laughs> it's It's funny because uh, some it's like one of my friends was like, I've never cared more about the outcome of basketball games than when I was watching Uncut <laughs> It's like, it's really yeah. nice in those. Um, but yeah, it's very anxiety inducing. It's very stressful, but it's really well done. <laughs> so it's, and it's funny going back to the Adam Sandler thing and with uh, funny people. Um, I remember, um, unfortunately I am someone who reads like professional reviews. Cause there are a few people whose opinions I actually trust. Um, and this was uh, when Roger Ebert was still alive yeah. and he, he did funny games uh, or funny people. And uh, it was funny because I don't think he's ever been a fan of Adam Sandler movies. Like I think he said he likes Adam Sandler, but just, you know, like when you look at it as a whole, Adam Sandler doesn't make very good movies. Like, yeah, they're entertaining and they're enjoyable, but as a whole, it's like, you know, these aren't very good movies. Um, and he, he's, he, hit the nail on the head. He goes, you know, watching funny people, you, it makes you remember like, holy shit, Adam Sandler is a good actor. Like he can give a really good performance. He just never has material that can bring it out. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, he was good in the funny people. I kind of forgot about how good he was in that movie, but, um, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, um, I just hope he does more stuff like this because, uh, he's good in it. So I think um, he, he's got enough money. You think he could just do whatever he wants. You know what I mean? Oh God, no kidding. <laughs> so like, like punch drunk love. That was a, yeah, that's a great movie. That's go one of my and, favorite movies. I gotta go back and watch that movie because I've never actually seen it. Yeah, he, that's that's yeah, definitely one of my favorite movies. And again, it's I think that was like his first real dramatic turn, and that was when when it, it's a dark comedy, but you know more so. It's it's kind of the same thing. It's a little, it's pretty heavy handed. It deals with some heavy subject matter, but um, yeah, that was when I feel like people realized like, holy shit, he's a he's a really good actor, and and you know, and then we get Jack and Jill. <laughs> oh god <laughs> the less said about which i've that, never seen the better i've only seen one clip from it which was uh uh well, actually kind of funny but it's it's, a, it's like a fake commercial like al pacino's randomly in it and uh mm. he has a uh i think he makes up a his own dunkin donuts like chain called dunkachinos oh, <laughs> so stupid but it's like <laughs> everything else i've seen from it looks absolutely terrible but uh just it's there's always like i thought there's usually one good thing in adam sandler comedies but you, most of it's like surrounded by just bad you know crap so i i i honestly i gave up after uh click i despise that movie it's so mean-spirited 
unfunny. Like I just, and it's funny because it's actually one of his higher rated movies from users on IMDb. And I'm like, Oh my God, like this movie's so mean. It's, there's nothing funny I about it. I saw it once in a theater. And I remember like thinking that it was better than most of his movies, <laughs> mostly because it mm. made me cry at the end. And I was like, damn you, Adam Sandler, yeah. why am I crying? Uh, but, um, <laughs> I don't think I look back on it very fondly. Like, I think at the time it kind of fooled me almost where just because it made me kind of sad at the end. I thought, oh, good job, Adam Sandler. But I mean, it's been for me, it's been I'm it's been pretty bad since uh, Big Daddy back in the day. Like we like it's for me. I like um, Big Daddy, Happy Gilmore, um, Billy Madison. And I feel like everything else is mostly misses. Like, I don't even like the water boy that much. I don't like little Nicky. Uh, the wedding singer. I do like the wedding singer. I forgot about that. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably his best one. That's out of his comedy. Probably, that, that's probably the top. Yeah. yeah, and it's been downhill for a while. I think Little Nicky was really the turning point where I feel like it. It's been pretty bad ever since, for the most part. Yeah. So, um, like I, I did like Grown Ups. Um, as a whole, it, yeah, it wasn't very good, but it was fun because I feel like ninety five percent of that movie was improv. Was just Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, and all of them just just riffing on each other, and that was funny, and. Uh, the movie was just basically a, an excuse to get them all together to just <laughs> tell jokes and which, you know, for the most part, they were very funny. So I was actually kind of excited for the second one. And the entire time I'm just like, I don't think I laughed once. I was Ooh. like, Oh my God. Yeah. I think the funny grownups, the first one feels like the ultimate Adam Sandler took his friends on a vacation and shot a movie. You know what I mean? It's like, Hey guys, yeah. let's go hang out for the summer. Uh, and I think I saw grownups too on TV randomly and I thought it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it is like, terrible. Ugh. Like I think I turned it off. Like, oh my god, this is like anti comedy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So yeah, hopefully he does more stuff like Uncut Gems because it is really good. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think now he might start ramping down and just being a little more selective and hopefully, yeah, taking parts like this that are and you know they don't necessarily have to be all dramatic, but just you know just better material, right. you know. <laughs> so yeah. Um. That was oh, that was number twelve, right? So you're eleven, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, okay. So no, number eleven uh, for me was uh, John Wick Chapter Three, oh, which we already talked about. Yep. So we can move on to your number eleven. My number eleven, I think, maybe higher on your list. Uh, it is okay. Jordan Peele's Us. Uh, yeah, we're not too far from it. Oh, okay. Uh, another movie that was a director's like sophomore movie that I feel like a lot of people are disappointed by, but I really liked it. <laughs> um. Yeah. And you did too. It's higher on your list. So yeah, it's, I, I yeah, really yeah. liked it. I, I, people were like, Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's like a real mess. Like he just, he was too much. He was too, um, heavy on kind of like trying to do this crazy world building and, you know, forgot about all this other stuff. But I, I loved the, the family in the movie. Like mm-hmm. everybody was great. Like, uh, I think you and Ash talked about this a little bit when you, I just listened to you guys and like, Lapita Nuanco, hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> and like mm-hmm. Winston Duke is the parents, like were great. I loved Winston Duke. Oh my god! Like yeah. <laughs> that scene when he comes out, it's in the trailer, like with the baseball bat, and just yeah. like he's like such a big guy, but he like is kind of goofy. <laughs> he's like, and he, you know, you think he'd be able to like pick people up and like throw them across the room or something, but it's like he kind of just like a normal dad, which I think you might have mentioned about how he kept getting offers for like these big scary dudes and he just like, I just want to play a normal guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He nails like that. Just like I'm a typical, like normal jokey, goofy dad. And like, uh, I just love their family dynamic. It felt very real to me. Um, like I just, I thought it was like this nice kind of big, crazy gamble that Jordan Peele took and like really took it to their level. Like 
you know, just where it goes and like the creeping. It's like it's not super scary, but it's it's got some creepy moments. Um, it's definitely very tense. It is very tense. A lot of it's very tense. Uh, yeah. God, that scene. There's a scene with um, Tim Heidegger, Tim and Eric, which kind of surprised me. He was in the movie, uh, and, mm. and his family in their house that like kind of scared me because it was so sudden. You know, I'm talking like yes. so startling. I was like, "Oh crap! Okay, what's going on?" <laughs> like, uh, so it's still got plenty of that. I just like that it's like kind of this wild, crazy movie. Like once again, a director had a big hit, and he's like, oh, "I can do whatever I want now." <laughs> so, oh god, yeah, yeah, and uh, and it's funny when you when you look at it as a whole it it's actually kind of a simple movie in terms of um it's just basically you know you can just say oh this family gets um is terrorized by their doppelgangers and it actually turns out there's other doppelgangers and that's really all you need to know um it only dipped a bit a tiny bit in the third act because it got very, very exposition I heavy. Say, when I started explaining everything, that was probably my, <laughs> my main gripe too. I was like, eh, I mean, and, it, and it's, it's like it, 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 to me, it would have been scarier had they, had they not actually explained anything. If, if anything, they could have had, uh, the others or whatever, basically just say like, we don't know where we came from. We just know this is what we do, which I, I don't know. I, to me, honestly, that kind of would have been scarier, but I, again, I feel like he has to, throw in his social commentary um you know as we all saw with get out so i think maybe that was kind of it um he just wanted to throw his this his uh, social awareness kind of thing in there and but yeah i feel like it, it's overall it's a subtle movie other like i said other than the very exposition heavy uh scene at towards the end but other than that, that that little dip aside it's 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 a thrill ride from beginning to end yeah i just think it's really well made i feel like he's getting better as a director too and uh that, oh my god! I think I saw you mention this. I think on the Instagram about the score, or at least yes. how do they make "I Got Five on It" scary? <laughs> it's like yeah, it's man, so good. Think... Oh my god! I love that scene where they really use it in the movie too. Um, it's so effective. I just think it's just it's just a super well made movie. And I, another guy, I'm on board. Anything you do next, I'm there for it. So yeah, I'm really excited to see whatever he has next. I would honestly like to see him do uh, something very. Um... I guess like very Sam Raimi evil dead ish in terms of it's, it's funny, it's scary and it's all just over the top craziness, you know, like I would like to see him do that. Cause I feel like get out and us, uh, was a little more on the subtle side. Yeah. It's a little more like cerebral. I feel like he's a little yeah. more like, yeah, he's not, I don't, I'd be interested to see him do gore now that you mentioned, it. I'm really thinking about this idea of him. Like if he just went full out with like a crazy gory horror movie, how that would go. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Which th- this movie was definitely uh, more. It was definitely bloodier than um, Get Out, but also even where he could have shown, um, you know, close-ups of like people getting stabbed or blood bludgeoned or whatever, he didn't. You know, he he either cuts away or it's the person getting killed, like the, where uh, the wounds would be is like behind a door, and you know, you don't, you know, it's and it's it's the things because he he doesn't really need to show you that to make it scary and just i don't know i feel like that attests to how good of a director he is yeah i mean i just um i don't know is he he's not directing that Candyman remake right he's just producing it i believe i don't know if you heard about he's that producing it he might i want to say he might actually be writing it but maybe not he is okay i looked it up he is writing it he's producing it he's not directing it uh woman named nia da costa who i've never heard of 
Mm, me neither. Yeah. She would call Little Woods. Still haven't heard that either. So um, that's nice. He's giving like familiar, a but... he's giving like a new director a chance. Though. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I don't know what he's doing next. I haven't heard anything about like what he's planning on uh, doing. So we'll have to wait and see. I guess. So the, the kind of sad thing is I didn't watch the Twilight Zone, <clears throat> and I heard it's not very good. Um, yeah, I uh, I saw the first one because it was free on YouTube, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't think it was that great. And I I don't. I just don't like this whole thing about like putting things on streaming services like CBS all access. I'm like, I'm never going to watch that. <laughs> it's just, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. And it's, and it, it's, it's a little disappointing because uh, I think it was on the losers club. One of the guys was saying that uh, one of his friends or somebody, he, he didn't like say what talk show that his friend worked for, but um, he said he worked for a talk show and Jordan Peele was on that night. And I think he was kind of an assistant or something. And he had to go in the green room and ask, like Jordan, oh, you need anything or whatever, and and he kind of asked him like, hey, like you know, I'm um, I'm really looking forward to the the Twilight Zone, and Jordan was just kind of like, eh, it's all right, and he's like, oh. and I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, he goes, I didn't have a whole lot of involvement in it, um, because oh. I because I wasn't very involved with the writing or creating of it, so he's like, there's a couple things that are good, but it's just kind of, eh. I was like, wow, oh, wow, wow, but, yeah. okay, uh, another reason not to even check that to check that out, yeah, so, oh, that's disappointing, but um. But yeah, so we were okay. My eleven was us, so now we're in the, we're in the top ten now. So what is what is your number ten? Well, top ten we can just kind of skip right over because it's uncut gems. Oh, okay. So. We just talked about that. So <laughs> I feel like now we're really gonna have a lot of crossover because I feel like we didn't have as much crossover as I thought for the beginning, but now it's we have a lot of probably things where we match. So um, yeah. Okay, so uncut gems we talked about. So my number ten is uh, Knives Out. All right, mine's a mine's a little higher, but all right. So once again, <laughs> a movie that I, I first thought, oh, this could be like my top three of the year. That's just how strong the year has been. <laughs> um, that it's yeah. a ten. Um, it kind of like when I mentioned like a movie similar to Ready or Not. I thought this was kind of similar to Ready or Not in the way that uh, you know it's it's kind of, a lot of themes of like uh, eat the rich almost. You know, like rich people being awful and you know <laughs> like uh, kind of just a movie I didn't know too much about. I mean, I've seen like the trailer a few times, but. I was very surprised by the places it went. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely subverting your expectations of a normal whodunit, which I appreciate. <laughs> um, and uh, it's got the cast is insane. Uh, it's like top to bottom, great people. Um, but I thought Ana de Armas as the lead was like really great. Uh, like I loved her in that movie. So I had actually never heard of her before. Um, but yeah, she, I wasn't expecting her to, basically become the main character at all. No, so that yeah, was, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah, she did really good. And uh, this is actually the movie I was talking about when I said um, I heard who was writing and directing it. I heard who was in it and what it was going to be about. And I was, I was like, okay, I don't need to see a trailer. Um, <laughs> just you already have my money. Like, I'm I'm a fan of Ryan Johnson. I like controversial opinion. I really love The Last Jedi. Probably okay, the favorite of this new trilogy. I'm with so. you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, might go, I might go Force Awakens a little bit higher, but I like them both. Um, but last Friday is really good. I don't understand the hate. I never will. I don't want to anger anybody, but I think he's a very good director and he's made a lot of good movies. I don't know if you saw a movie called brick that he made like 2005. It's been a, it's been a while, but I do remember really liking it. I loved brick. I saw that when I was like, it came out right when it came out. So it's probably like 17, 18. I was in my big, like 
uh, like, oh, I'm a cinema fan face, <laughs> like kind of, <laughs> kind of my douchey cinephile face. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, I just, I really love it. I love that he was using like old timey uh, detective dialogue. <laughs> um, and that movie's kind mm-hmm. of done it. So I was like, oh, he's kind of done mysteries before. So I'm kind of curious what he does with this. And he uh, took in some very surprising uh, directions. So <laughs> yeah, and it, it just. It... And it was actually a little more subdued than I thought it was going to be because the trailer kind of made it look like it was going to be a little more crazy in terms Wacky, of... I think. <laughs> yeah, and and maybe not necessarily action scenes, but things happening. And this is just a very... Um, it's a very dialogue-heavy movie with not... like I think you stay in that house for three-quarters of the movie, and even when you are in that house, not a whole lot is happening. Uh, per se like yeah. i mean obviously there's there's things going on to move the story but it's it's yeah it's more so just kind of uh storytelling mm-hmm. if, for lack of a better phrase and it's funny about that trailer and about like the action because there's a car chase in the movie that kind of feels like it's heavily put into the trailer if I, like they cut it up so it's like kind of seems more action-packed and then it's funny because in the movie <laughs> a little mild spoiler so someone gets out and goes that was the lamest car chase ever or something like yeah exactly <laughs> it's just like it's not concerned with that kind of thing it's like and the trailer i had some friends who it, it played a lot like I, I didn't want to see the trailer but it kept playing before everything i saw and like yeah. a, a lot of friends i had thought it didn't look good and i don't think the trailer was the best i, I was going to see it based on who was in it and the director but i do think the trailer was kind of bad and it ends with that joke it's like a joke i don't think it's very good it's in the movie that like when chris evans says to um Daniel Craig about like what is this uh, CSI KFC? I'm like, eh. oh, <laughs> which yeah. is probably the worst joke in that movie. But they like tag the trailer with it. <laughs> it's just kind of, yeah. But I mean, the trailer kind of misled me in a good way almost because I think it was even better than I thought it was going to be. So, um, so yeah, I just hope and it's done very well, which is great because I hope Ryan Johnson keeps getting more chances to go do you know original movies. Um, yeah, definitely. After the shit that he caught for Last Jedi. <laughs> so, oh my god, no kidding. This is a nice redemption story. So, Yeah, and I, and I was saying, it, I, I, I described it kind of terribly, that it's almost a movie you you don't necessarily enjoy it as you're watching it because you're just focused on um, keeping up with everyone's stories and you are kind of thinking ahead of maybe not necessarily where the story's going to go, but it's a whodunit. So you're, you're thinking like, oh, maybe it's this person, maybe it's this person. So you're just kind of you're kind of going through it with them, but once it's finally over, you're like, I enjoyed that. That was fun, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I, it's just uh, the fun characters. I think it's a movie I've gone back and forth. I, I don't know if it'll do better or worse when I rewatch it, because if you kind of know where it's going, I'm like, will it be as fun? Or is it just fun to like hang out with these characters and know where it's going? It's kind of, I, don't, I haven't seen it again yet, but I'm kind of curious if once the surprises are gone, if I'll like it, if I'll like it less or if it's still going to hold up pretty well. So and I was actually surprised how how early on they kind of give you a, a big reveal. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, that was the part where I was like, "Huh, okay, we're doing something different here." Okay, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that that's kind of what sold me. It's like, oh, okay, well, we're going in a different direction here, which is pretty good. So, mm-hmm. but uh, that was your number. That was your number ten, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. So, uh, moving on to my number nine is uh, Jojo Rabbit. Ah, uh, the I don't I've not seen it yet. I think it's the one movie we mentioned. I have not actually had a chance to see. Um, I mean, I, I became a big fan of Taika Waititi after uh, Thor Ragnarok because sadly I'd I'd never heard of him specifically, but like I've heard I had heard of um, what we do in the shadows, mm-hmm. um, but hadn't seen it yet. And after I learned that it was him, I was like, oh, OK, well, I'll go back and watch that. And I 
watched it and it was hilarious and i so i just kind of went through his back catalog i watched hunt for the wilder people mm-hmm. which is probably what i would say is probably in my top five of the decade it oh it's great to be. it was in my uh, pretty high for me that year it came out i, I love that movie yeah <laughs> yeah it's and then i the only movie of his i haven't seen is eagle versus shark i haven't seen that yet. i haven't seen that one either yeah <laughs> um but i've been a yeah i've been a big fan of his ever since um and just i just really like him as a person he seems very genuine mm-hmm. and you know he it's funny because uh, one thing I listened to was he said he honestly just wanted to be a stand-up comedian and um, he directed that short film that got him nominated for an Academy Award for like best uh, short film. And he goes, that's kind of where the accolades started rolling in. And then he's like, well, I guess I'll just kind of continue this thing because apparently I'm good at it or people are taking recognition of me because of this. So I might as well just keep the ball rolling. And, you know, look where we are now. <laughs> yeah, now that that's another movie I feel like he made Thor Ragnarok a huge hit and he's like, I'm gonna go make this crazy, uh, Nazi satire, you know, Hitler satire movie. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, it's, it's, I mean, not, not to, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything obviously, but just it's, it's another one of those ones that the trailer kind of, uh, kind of misleads you. Um, not in a bad way. It's just unexpected because I'd, I'd say the first half of the movie is, is really funny. And the second half just kind of goes almost hardcore drama. And it's, it's, a downer it's like it's it's it gets really sad um but it's still um very good there, there's you know moments of comedy sprinkled in and uh going back to what i was saying about scarlett johansson i think this is honestly the best performance i've ever seen her give um wow <laughs> she's not somebody who like i mean i like her i don't have a problem with her or anything i just i've never seen anything that she's done performance wise where i'm like oh yeah she's a really good actress like i don't think she's a bad actress but after watching this movie i was like you know what like she turned in a very good performance like um she was funny uh when she had to be and um heartbreaking when she had to be just she was hitting all the right beats and uh you know maybe it's just the the character she played which was the little boy's mom um but yeah she totally sold it and and um i am surprised i didn't hear any more about her performance in that movie which kind of bummed me out yeah and the weird thing with that movie is so it's taika watiti everyone loves him uh, it just, I felt like the trailers like made it look good, but then I, I thought it was going to get universally praised. I thought like it came out and got, it was very divisive. Maybe because of yeah. what you said with like how it's different tones. I don't, people seem to, some people really hated it, which I was shocked by. I mean, some people have loved it. Like I'm just looking at Letterboxd and it's like one star or five stars. It's like, there's just no like middle ground for some people. I, it's kind of weird. I was very surprised by that. Yeah. It, it's definitely not my, my favorite of his. I, it may not even be in the top three of his cause, um, well, okay. Well, if you want to throw Thor in there, then yeah, it's mm-hmm. probably not in the top three. Um, uh, but if anything, it's easily sitting at number four. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm glad that he, he even said, you know, they asked him, uh, I think it was during the press run for Thor and he, they were like, Oh, like what's your next big movie? And he was like, actually it's a, it's a little movie I'm doing. Uh, he goes about uh, Hitler and you know, the person kind of laughed and he looks at the camera and goes, that's because that's just how we roll. It's one for me and one for them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I think the next thing he is doing is Thor, right? Isn't he doing love and thunder next? Most likely. I, I think so. I, uh, you know, I, I've not heard. I forgot about that movie actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think he can squeeze in another small movie before that comes out. Cause I think that comes out next year or it's either next year or 2022. Uh, it is next. It's twenty twenty one, and he is directing okay. and writing it. So, oh, and writing it this yeah. time. I don't think he wrote the first one, which is so crazy because there was a lot of jokes in there that had his 
trademark on it. Maybe he was just on the day of was like, I'll just kind of throw this in there. That one really felt like him. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of his humor in there, which I really enjoyed because I love I just love his comedy. I just watched what we do in the shadows again. Uh, like a week or two ago, and I was like, I just love this movie. This is like a warm blanket movie. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely, it's just great. You just you just put it on, or you just you just sit there nice and comfy for the next you know eighty two minutes or whatever. Yeah, it's short too. You just like nice eighty minutes of fun, and you're done. It's like I'm out. <laughs> um, I will definitely see Jojo Rabbit when I get a chance. I don't know when it's going to come out. I just it was weird. Like I think it rolled out really weird in theaters. Uh, one of those things where it's like it'll be out this date, but it's not going to be in my area until you know weeks later or something you know it's like only in new york and la and i just kind of didn't get around to seeing it so i'll definitely check yeah, that one my, out my my local theater uh the one that's like literally down the street from me um had, only has seven screens oh. and so they they and it's a well uh, to me it's a small town it's like fifty five thousand people that's not very small but um, the, our neighboring city is like 600,000 people, oh, wow. it's like, number, yeah. <laughs> like the fourth biggest in California. So that has a lot of bigger theaters. I think the biggest one is like 22 screens. Um, that's usually where a lot of the smaller movies will go is to that one. Um, which, which is why I was really surprised uncut gems was playing at my local theater. But then again, I feel like Adam Sandler might've put up some money for a little more distribution because <laughs> he's got so much faith in this movie, which is why he's been promoting it really hard. I think, um, I think I just heard it's the highest grossing A24 movie yet pretty impressive oh yeah i I believe it um and it's it was really nice to be able to sit in my small little local movie theater and see the a24 logo i was like yes (laughs) yeah i think the only one before this was hereditary yeah usually i have to travel a little bit because i can i'm lucky i can usually find these movies but sometimes it takes them a while to get to this area or um i gotta travel a little bit but usually i have to go more than 20 30 minutes to go to a theater that i can see like a 24 movie ad or something. So, um, and we have our local art, art house theater, which is 20 minutes away from me. So yeah. I would love to have a little independent movie theater here. That'd be awesome. Oh, it's really great. I'm not going to rub it in, but it is really great. <laughs> Plus they do yeah. like they do old school movies, like probably almost every weekend. I feel like where they're showing like, you know, ghostbusters or big trouble in the world, China, or the, you know, it's like all these great eighties, nineties movies are showing. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So that, that would be really cool. Yeah, then so Jojo Rabbit, I think, popped up in the, the one of the theaters that's uh, in the adjoining city next to us. And um, I think it was only going to be there for one or two weeks. And I saw that, you know, showtimes had popped up, like, on my day off from work. And I was like, we're, we're going. Like, I don't want to miss it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and I'm glad I did. Like, yeah, really yeah, good. I will definitely check that one out. So, uh, that was your number nine. So, number nine. my number nine, we've talked about it plenty, is Midsummer. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, say, I really loved it. I've once again blown away that i was seeing that crazy ass movie <laughs> uh in a in a, like a theater next to spider-man um yeah <laughs> so yeah just every art astro movie i'll go see what he does next so that's all i'll say about that right. one so <laughs> all right well my number eight we can just kind of breeze by too it uh, i put uh, us at number eight. Oh, okay this thing get real easy because i put <laughs> my number eight is book smart which we just talked about too <laughs> all right yeah see we're, now we're gonna kind of start grooving except for probably the top like maybe three mm-hmm. Um, so that was your number, that was your number eight? Yeah, so now back to your, your okay. number seven, yeah. All right, so my number seven is It, Chapter Two. Okay. So, much. if you guys yeah. want to know my uh, in-depth feelings on that, there's a almost two and a half hour long episode. <laughs> it's almost as long as the movie, so. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, so your number seven, my number seven is Dr. Sleep. All right, mine's a little higher, so all right, let's get going on that. Uh, I think we will, we're both clearly huge fans, one of it's in our top seven so uh yeah I loved this movie like the i, I will say 
I knew I was on this movie the minute there was like a crazy sequence with Rebecca Ferguson basically like flying through the air almost. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I freaking love this movie. <laughs> like, yeah, God right? bless you, Mike Flanagan. Like, this is <laughs> amazing. Like, I just, uh, it's, I am, I'm going to get mad about this one because I am so mad this movie bombed. Like, yeah. I just looked up again today, like the box office 90B to kind of see where it landed. Uh, I didn't make its budget back. Like, yeah. in the U.S., it might have made it back with overseas, but it barely made anything overseas. And I cannot understand what Warner Brothers was thinking putting this out after Halloween. Yeah, no kidding. They missed the mark on that Both big time. in mind. Like, I'm so, like, <laughs> oh, I, I, I love Mike Flanagan, so I'm really sad for him that he, and he, like, I didn't know he worked so much this movie. He wrote it. He directed it. He edited it. He, like, he did yeah. so much stuff, and he gets he get almost nothing back after all this hard work, and it's such a good movie. And, like, I just think if they put it out in mid-October or early October, it would have made, like, double the amount of money it made. Because I feel like the problem is with, like, casual mainstream audiences, once October's done, they might be done with scary movies. So yeah, they see, exactly. And this was, like, a week after Halloween. So people were really like, eh, we're, we're scary movie out, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no kidding. But, like, Ah, oh God! It's <laughs> no. You go ahead and talk. I'm still flustered. <laughs> yeah, no. It's it's definitely when I I didn't think it was gonna obviously do as well as like it or you know anything like that. Um, especially being that they honestly, looking back on it, I don't think they tied the movie too heavily with The Shining. I mean, I I get that they you know the tagline was like the next chapter in The Shining story. Um, you know, and you saw like the the rug and they kind of showed the hotel every now and then. But I mean, it feels like they weren't leaning too heavily on it. Um, but also, I feel like they maybe had to do it even more because, yeah. you know, it's a sequel to a movie that's 40 years old at this point. I guess people weren't getting that clearly enough, even though I thought it was pretty obvious that it was a sequel to The Shining. You know what I mean? It's like, I but, thought... I mean, you know, maybe we're just we're just, you know, we're just that big of fans and we already knew. So, yeah, it's hard. I sometimes feel like I'm in my own like movie nerd bubble where i just assume people know these things <laughs> and then I, yeah exactly oh they didn't know that because i can't remember what podcast it might have been shockwaves where they were talking about how it failed and saying like kind of go over the reasons maybe it didn't do well because well first of all they put it out after halloween uh yeah. they didn't push enough that it was related to the shining and then they also mentioned which i don't know that maybe more people aren't as familiar with the shining as i think they are like, I don't know if a lot of teenagers know The Shining. I thought everyone knew The Shining. You know what I mean? It's, I thought if you don't haven't seen the movie, you at least know some of the images because they're so iconic. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I mean, it is 40 years old, like you said. I don't know. It's just a real, like, it's a head scratcher. Because I didn't think, like, I didn't think it was like a blockbuster. But I thought, I think it only made, like, less than $20 million its first weekend. I thought it'd make, like, 40 50 its opening weekend. Yeah, I think that's what they were projecting. And it did terribly. I just, I, it, I mean, it was kind of long, like two and a half hours, um, which, like I said earlier, it's like sometimes runtime, they can't squeeze as many showings in and people are like, oh, two and a half hours. I've, I can't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just, I, it's just, I, I, man, I, well, now things I love about it, I just think it's, it's not quite what I expected because it's not as scary as you probably think it would be. I think most people, or not you, but people in general, but, uh, it's very, it was way more heartfelt and emotional than I thought it would be. And mm-hmm. I, I loved Ewan McGregor and I am like in love with Rebecca Ferguson. <laughs> like, yeah. She did a really good job in that movie. Like, man, I thought she was amazing. And I don't remember the name of the 
the little girl in the movie. Um, not even that, she's like a teenager. I can't remember her. Name. I thought she was really good. Yeah, I thought she did a really good job too. And I just thought like he just directed the hell of that movie. Like Mike Flanagan just, I mean, I thought he just put it together so well. And it was a hard job. It's like, all right, I got to take this Dr. Sleep book. I've got to take the shiny movie everyone's so familiar with uh, and kind of put them together, <laughs> you know, and kind of weave it all together. And he, he does a really good job of it, I think. So, <laughs> yeah, and merging the two stories to make them, because, you know, he had to merge the, he had to merge the, the shining and Dr. Sleep book into the, shining movie world which are pretty different you know although they're executed very differently and i feel like he he definitely molded them together very uh seamlessly and and you know given with what he had to uh work with he you know he did a damn good job because there was a couple things in the trailer i remember seeing where i was like i don't think this is in the doctor sleep book i was like so maybe it's he's doing something and then i you know, I watched the movie. I was like, okay, like I see what he's doing here and, and damn if he didn't do it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. It's just so, uh, it's got kind of like, a like it's more magical type quality than I expected. Like it's kind of got this crazy, uh, I mean, when you say, I think you said put it on paper with some kind of crazy, it's like, uh, kind of soul sucking vampires. I don't know what you would call them. <laughs> like the thing. It's basically what they are. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, but he does all this stuff so well. The imagery is so good. Um, uh, man, there's a really horrifying scene about halfway through with a kind of, I guess, a surprise cameo from a very famous child actor <laughs> that I was like, wait, yeah. is that so-and-so? And I was like, what's he doing here? And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's kind of like this, yeah. this stuff hit. I mean, some of the stuff just hit so hard. And it's like the stuff with the alcoholism with, you know, Danny Torrance's like alcohol addiction. Like that scene really got to me. Um, mm-hmm. Like. I just, I mean, it's so many great things in one movie. I just, I, yeah, I'm so glad there's like a three hour cut coming out. Like I think this month, yes. um, uh, a couple weeks. Yeah. It's like the, uh, yeah, the, not next week, but I think it's the following week. See the second or third week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all over that. So, I mean, I just love it. I hope that eventually that it gets some kind of cult following over the years. I think it will. And people will come find it and hopefully they will, uh, they will love it. So, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, you know, since it didn't do well at the box office, hopefully people will either be, uh, renting it like crazy or, you know, buying the DVD and Blu-ray and digital like crazy, hopefully anyway, or at least have a slow build. Cause I mean, you know, there's always the whole second life on home video thing and which I, I hope it gets. Cause I don't even think the shining was a big hit when it first came out. Yeah. I was trying to remember, I think it did kind of well, but it's definitely gained a call following over time. I mean, there's been plenty of like horror movies that have totally bombed and now they're classics. Like the thing I think is the best example. John Carpenter's a thing. Oh, Tank yeah. came out the week after like, uh, E.T. So it was like, do you want oh, like, the geez. fun alien movie or the scary dark alien movie? <laughs> and yeah, uh, no I mean, that's like the ultimate, like total bomb. And now it's like regarded as one of the best horror movies ever made. So I don't, hopefully Dr. Sleep finds a second life. I think it will. So yeah. yeah. Um, this is my number six. Your number six. Yeah. All right. Well, I can't talk a whole lot about it because it's the entire movie is basically a spoiler and it's El Camino. Oh, and now uh, I never watched Breaking Bad. I'm one of those weird people uh, who's never watched Breaking <laughs> Bad. And so I didn't watch this, but I, I saw people on Letterboxd seem like they were very happy with this and they loved it. So um, it honestly did. In the end, it did just kind of feel like an extended episode. Um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It was very well directed, very well written. Um, Aaron Paul gives it great performances. They give you some awesome little surprises along the way. And it was very, um, it was, a lot of it was very good fan service. Um, 
and just just yeah, uh, Breaking Bad is probably my favorite uh, drama series of all time. Um, I've probably watched it from beginning to end at least six times now since it's ended. Oh wow! Uh, wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, just the yeah. I mean, I I my first episode of this podcast was actually going to be a Breaking Bad retrospective, but uh, I don't think I could condense anything down it would just be like a five hour long episode of me just talking about it so be like passed out by yeah. the end just like. yeah no kidding uh i would not have a voice by the time i finished so i kind of put that on the back burner but yeah just if you're a fan of the show uh, yeah fan of the series uh i think you will absolutely love the movie um but yeah it it i'm actually i actually really want to see uh, vince gilligan do more uh writing and directing because i know uh ryan johnson actually actually directed um probably the best episode of the series which was the third to last episode and i can remember um watching that episode because uh the entire time my jaw was just on the ground like from beginning to end just for 55 minutes my jaw just agape the entire time (laughs) and i remember even uh, because it starts the previous episode ends on a giant cliffhanger and this one picks up immediately uh, after that cliffhanger and uh vince gilligan even said uh, he even had to like argue with the uh, like the writers guild or whoever to put the credits um, in after that opening scene, which was well over halfway into the episode. Oh, and because he didn't want the credits to come up and distract from everything that was happening, mm-hmm. and so he had to argue with them to let him do it, and they finally gave in and uh, let him do it. And it's crazy because it to me would have distracted because. Uh, that whole first half of that episode happens and, you know, goes to commercial. And when it comes back, the the credits start. And I was just like, oh, holy shit. We haven't done the credits yet. Like, you know, <laughs> I love that in a movie. Sometimes when you have like a long opening scene and then you're like, oh, we haven't done the credits yet. Shit. It's like, you kind yeah, of, I, I love that. I love yeah. It's like a little uh, just fun thing to spot in movies. And you're, and you're like, oh, wow, we're just not seeing the title. Right. Oh, my God. We're 27 <laughs> minutes into the movie. That's always fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say much because I haven't watched it. I haven't seen Breaking Bad, but I, I'm just, I'd say it's everybody I know because everyone is always pitching me TV shows to check out. I'm very bad at watching TV shows. I don't know what it mm. is. Like, it has to either be, I start with it like right from the get go, like Mandalorian. That was very easy for me. I, ca- I got with it from the beginning. They were like half an hour episodes. It was eight episodes a season. I'm good. <laughs> but like when someone's like, oh, go watch, uh, like go watch Dexter. And I, I look at it, I see eight seasons, I see hour long episodes. And I see like 80 hours of my time where I'm like, oh, God, like and I just I think the way my mind works, I'm like, I could watch so many movies in 80 hours. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I'm just it's just hard for me to commit to a TV show. Like I've started so many shows and like time like they're bad. I just get distracted and don't finish them. But Breaking Bad, if there was like a top three shows I need to check out, I would put Breaking Bad probably near the top or at the top of that list because everyone has said it's amazing. So. Yeah, and I, and I tell everybody who's never seen it before. I said you, it's one of those shows that it is, it is very good from the get go, but comparatively, like to the first season, um, everything that comes after the first season is just top notch. Each episode is better than the last. The first season, luckily, got cut short because of the like the writer strike oh. or whatever. So it's only seven episodes of the uh, ordered thirteen, which is a good thing because, um, you know, it's it's an introductory uh, season, so you don't need 13 episodes to introduce us to the two main characters and what their overall goal is. So it, it, it definitely helped it only being seven episodes. And then after that, I think it's all consistently 13 episodes until the final season is uh, split into two eight episode halves. Um, 
but yeah, well, you know, that's about all I can say of the movie, right. which <laughs> can't even say anything about the movie, really. So, but I mean, I saw a lot of good stuff about it. I just was like, well, I won't check that out because I haven't watched Breaking Bad, so I think it would mean yeah, and it's it's yeah, may not be incomprehensible. Yeah, it probably will be incomprehensible because <laughs> you're not going to know who any of these people are. So yeah, well, it's on Netflix, so I yeah, assume it'll be there like forever. So it's a Netflix original. So I assume if I if I do check out the show, I can check that out down the line. Um, yeah, it'd be, it would it would be kind of cool to be able to watch that for the first time and maybe watch. Um, I would say maybe watch the last two episodes back to back and then maybe watch the movie immediately after, or maybe like wait a week. I don't and know. You know what the terrible thing about this is because that show was so big and so popular. Uh, I had the end spoiled for me, like oh, no. basically the day after it aired because everyone was talking about it. I couldn't avoid it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those shows, which I don't think would ruin the show. Even knowing what happened at the end, I'm like, I mean. It sounds like it's a good enough show that, you know, you could still enjoy the whole the whole ride, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so your number six and my number six is one we've already talked about a lot, which is Ready or Not. It's just okay. probably the most fun I had in a theater all year. I think uh, it was just a blast. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, we've already said a lot about that. So I guess what is your number five? Uh, my number five, we also talked <laughs> a lot about. And that's Knives Out. Oh okay. Um. All right, so yeah, you're number five. <laughs> um, my number five, we've not talked about yet, um, which is The Irishman. Okay, see, uh, <laughs> that was going to be, I think, Midsummer is the one that edged that one out. Um, which, uh, you know, not because it wasn't good or anything, mm-hmm. just it was good, but um, I don't know. It, it didn't blow me away as I was expecting it to. Um, yeah. But, you know, nonetheless, you're it's it's classic Martin Scorsese from beginning to end. There's no denying that the quality is of the utmost highest, you know. Yeah. And it's funny because it's my number five now, which is pretty high. But it was like I, I only, I've only seen it the one time, but I don't think I've stopped really thinking about it. It keeps popping up in my head. Just things for the movie uh, since I saw it around, like, I think it came out Thanksgiving. And I think I thought mm-hmm. about it like a bunch. So it really moved up. I'm like, that movie is just great it's like it's i think it's this thing where martin scorsese is such a good director he makes things look easy and we take it for granted sometimes <laughs> like yeah. I, and all those actors are so good it's almost like uh, it's just people that are like some of the best we've ever had just doing this and making it look almost effortless and it's kind of like the first time you're almost it's not i don't think it's like a blow you away type movie i think it's one that like kind of sits with you for a long time and it's it's more subtle than a lot of his movies like it's not as flashy as goodfellas uh, or casino it's way more like subdued in comparison. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like, I know that was a big controversy. It's all runtime. So oh my God, I saw people on like, Twitter who were like, you know, like here's how you break up Irishmen. If you can't watch the whole three and a half hours, people were like, how dare you break that movie up? You watched all one city. It's like, how do you want to watch the movie? Just watch the movie. It's like, but yeah, exactly. it does feel, it felt long. I remember like I started watching it. I had to take a break because I had to go to dinner. I came back, I bought an energy drink, I finished it up and it was like, yeah. I, I was like, all right, I got to finish this up. It was good. It just, it's, but I think it feeling that long really kind of almost as part of the experience. Cause like you go through this whole life with uh, Robert De Niro and it's just the way it ends up like the last half an hour is like soul crushingly sad. It is just like, I yeah. mean, what happens to everybody and where it ends up like the last shot has like stuck with me a lot which I won't say what it is, but it's like, I just, uh, it's kind of amazing. Like how it's, he's done all these gangster movies and this is like the, almost like the part you don't always see, like them getting old and 
how sad that is. And like, he's an older guy. I'm sure he's dealing with like his own mortality and things like that. And it's just like, I mean, everybody's top notch. Uh, I'm so glad Joe Pesci came back at retirement for this. Uh, it's like, yeah, no kidding. Al Pacino is the best thing I've seen him in a long time. Cause he does a lot of crap. And I feel like he does like mm-hmm. a lot of distracting movies. And sometimes he gets a little too Al Pacino. It's like where he's like, who like it's a lot of, like, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of like just him just being like, I'm Al Pacino, which it kind of works in this. Cause he's playing, Jimmy Hoffa apparently was a very over the top guy. So it's like he, but he's not really, it's not comical. He just is like kind of a big personality, which works. Yeah, and, exactly. I mean, De Niro is like the best thing I've seen him in years because he's been doing a lot of bad comedies, like Bad Grandpa. And it's like, yeah, no <laughs> kidding. He's one of the best living actors. And like he can really act when he's in, in, in a good movie. Um, so yeah, I just, I mean, it's just so well made. And I, I get why people wouldn't be blown away by it or why it's like, oh, I didn't really like it. It's really long. And meh. but I just, I do want to watch it again, but it's three and a half hours. So it's like, how often do I have that time? <laughs> you know? Yeah, you got You definitely, it's a movie you don't have to plan out to watch. Yeah, I just, I absolutely loved it. Um, and yeah, he's still one of the best. Even, uh, I disagree with him on Marvel, but I respect his opinion. I'll say it's like before we get into that, that whole, yeah. that was crazy. That was a weird controversy. It's like Scorsese can't have his own opinions about <laughs> things. It's like, he's one of our best directors. It's like, I kind of get what he's saying, but I disagree in a way. Yeah, it's I don't know how he felt about the whole thing, but it's I mean, I, I it's definitely he's entitled to his own opinion, which is fine. Um, and I agree in the sense that he was saying going to a Marvel or superhero movie is like going to a theme park. But that's, that's also awesome. kind of the point <laughs> of them. But yeah. also the point of movies is to take you to another world to for you to have fun and, you know, for uh, just to expand your imagination and things like that. And, um, his movies can do that too. You know, it doesn't have to be flashy, showy action and fantasy and whatnot. You know, it, you know, it can be something, uh, you know, it can be something like the departed man that totally takes you out of real life and you are engrossed in that whole cat and mouse game. You know, it just, you know, it doesn't need to be, uh, showy. So, I mean, like I said, I, I agree in the sense that, um, yeah, he can have his own his own opinion, but to specifically label superhero Marvel movies as a, a theme park isn't totally accurate to me. Yeah, so it's kind of a strange take, but I just think it's funny because I think it might come up again with some picks higher up. So we'll, we'll yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so that was my number five. Irishman is as uh, it's a great movie. So yeah. All right, and I'm sure uh, we're definitely gonna talk about this one because we haven't talked about it yet. Uh, my number four is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. Uh, um, yeah, it's higher on my list. I'll say that, <laughs> that, you know, I was expecting it to be higher. Um, pretty much from, from four on, I really had to, I, I have definitely have reasons why things are the way they are on this one. Um, so, uh, it's number, it's, it's number four. Um, I was expecting it to be number, th- I was actually expecting it to be at least number three, but, um, I'll explain why in the next few, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, Quentin Tarantino, if you're a Quentin Tarantino fan, what's not to love? Uh, but, you know, I, I've said this before. To me, this is him doing a comedy film. I would label this a comedy over anything else. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I think because there was some controversy, I think because the Golden Globes, I don't know if they put in the comedy category or the drama I, can't, I think they might put in comedy. People were like, it's not a comedy. I'm like, it kind of is. I just rewatched it. It's, I mean, it's, it's hard to classify, but I think more than anything, it is a comedy. Honestly, yeah, you're laughing more often than not. I think. Yeah. 
it's it's a lot of things at once, but I, I, maybe comedy drama. Just call it, you know, that's a thing. So just call it that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, d- definitely the last third of the movie is, even the last third of the movie when it's very heavy-handed and brutal and violent, it's still funny. Like, it's... Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> you know, if, if you want to call it a dark comedy, you can call it a dark comedy, but it doesn't even get very dark, like I said, until the last third of the movie, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, and if you don't mind, I was going to hold off on time with this one until, because it's a little bit higher. So I'm uh-huh. I'll let you say your piece and I'm going to just, I got more I'll say, but I'll say it when we get back to it on my list, if that's cool. So, okay. um, so that's once anything else that you want to say about that right now, or just want to talk about when uh, come back around. No, I think, I think that's about it. I mean, it's, it's Quentin Tarantino, you know what you're getting yeah. in for. It's, it's a long movie. The dialogue is great. The acting is going to be great. Um, uh, I do think that Leonardo DiCaprio did do a very good job in this, but, um, I, 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 think brad pitt edged him out in this one um yeah it's close they're both really good i think brad pitt might be yeah slightly slightly better they're very different kinds of things they're doing though <laughs> so yeah definitely um i like the, 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 a good example of the the comedy in this movie is it's a very grounded movie obviously because it's set in the golden age of hollywood but then there's a scene where brad pitt is walking towards a uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's house and all of a sudden just does a quick parkour like <laughs> yeah, I, where the hell did that come from laugh you know really hard the other day when it just I was watching it in that little part I'm like it's so random but it makes me laugh <laughs> like, yeah it's just yeah just it's little things like that there's so much random humor in it um, but yeah it's it just they both did a good job um, I am kind of bummed that they hyped uh Margot Robbie in that movie so much when she honestly was not in it very much at all. Yeah, she's not. I have some. I have some thoughts on that. <laughs> okay. I'll hold off on those. I I I agree with you, but I and the first time I saw it, I kind of was like, eh. but then a the second time, I kind of I kind of saw it in a different way. But uh, we'll come back. We'll come back around. So um, right. that was your number four. So my that num- was my number four. My number four is probably the one that the least people amount of people have probably seen, and I really want people to go see this one. Uh, well, not go see it because it's at home, but it's called uh, One Cut of the Dead. I still need to see that. That's on my Shutter watch list. We talked about it, yeah, because I it's on Shutter. It's a Shutter exclusive, I'm pretty sure. Um, and uh, Japanese film uh, that I think technically, if you look at IMDb, it says 2017, but I mean, we had no way to see that till 2019. So to me, it's 2019 movie. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, exactly. Um, I mean, just because it was made that year doesn't I mean it was released. Yeah, I think well, it was for festivals over there, and yeah, like. Um, uh, so one kind of dead is the, probably the movie that surprised me the most of anything this year. Cause everybody kept talking about it, kept saying like, Oh, it's a zombie movie kind of, but I don't want to tell you anything else. Like nobody would say anything about it, especially if you listen to like shockwaves podcast, they kept bringing it up, you know, like, but they wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> it was mm-hmm, like, yeah, the, less exactly, you know, the better. And now that I've seen it, I totally see what they're talking about. It's, uh, it's kind of amazing. It's, it's, it's got like three distinct parts, like three distinct um, 30 minute chunks of the movie. And it's like, um, starts off like a zombie movie, turns into something else where you kind of realize, Oh, that's what's going on. And then <laughs> third, the final third comes back and you're watching it from a whole different perspective. Something you've already seen before. You've seen it from a whole different side and it's kind of incredible. And by the end, I felt like I wanted to like stand up and like cheer. I was like, yeah, go, go, go. <laughs> you're like, go, go, go. It's like got this energy of, I mean, there's a lot of it about filmmaking. It's a lot about filmmaking and like how much fun it is to make movies, how crazy it is to make movies. And like, um, 
I wish you could say more about it. I know people have probably not seen this one, but it's like, it's, it's a couple different things. You might think the middle section, I see people say it kind of drags, but the middle section is so great because it sets up so many things in the third section, <laughs> like so many jokes and so many little things are set up. It's like really just brilliantly put together. Um, and it's just such a crazy surprise and it's just like so fun and like, joyful I guess it's like it's just like the most like delightful movie <laughs> you'll see especially <laughs> the last third you're, I'm like just cheering I'm like yeah yeah it's just I mean it's it's hard to talk about but I definitely recommend if you have Shudder go find it it's well worth your time it's great so yeah I've, I've heard that first uh, 30 minute chunk is all one take too yeah, yeah I didn't mention that part that's a <laughs> that's really impressive that the first yeah the first 30 minutes you're like oh I'm watching this really cool like one take zombie movie what's going on and then it morphs into other things and you're like oh that's what's going on <laughs> like yeah see I'm, I'm all for stuff like that especially one takes too i love i love watching stuff that only has one take because it's it's just a, a a feat of filmmaking definitely yeah and even i was like watching it like the second half kicks in their second section like and you're kind of like i'm kind of like huh okay kind of really slowed down which kind of makes sense if you have like 30 minute fun zombie thing and then the second section comes and it's just kind of all this backstory and setting things up but then the way it pays off is so great that you look back i think if i watch it a second time i think i'd like that second section even more because i'm like oh that's where that came from and yet like mm. it's just yeah it's it's really really great um damn it yeah, yeah i'm really gonna i'm really gonna have to get to it now <laughs> hope i'm not hyping up too much but it's just like it's it's really something else it's very unique i've seen like nothing like it um yeah it's just wonderful so <laughs> yeah I've, I've i've heard nothing but great things like you know obviously from what you said and then just like on the shockwaves podcast anytime they bring it up they just have nothing but great things to say about it so yeah i definitely need to get to it um i have a few days off uh next week um in a row so i'm probably gonna I'm, i've been making a list of stuff that's um that they have actually recommended that i need to check off here pretty soon um another one that i really want to see that i don't think is available anywhere yet because it might be finishing up its theatrical run is parasite oh well funny enough that's going to come up very soon <laughs> I, I i figured i i honestly thought that's what uh for some reason i thought that's what this one was going to be when you said not a whole lot of people have seen it um all right so well uh, you're number we can, three we're in the top three my now, number th so. top three so my number three is doctor sleep so nice yeah I'm glad i talked about, about that so yeah <laughs> yeah so hopefully people see that when it comes out hopefully right in a couple weeks. And yeah, no, no kidding. Please help my Flanagan out. I wanted to make like a bunch more horror movies. So yes, please. Um, so like I said, very soon, my number three is Parasite. All right, <laughs> right back to it. Um, that I am shocked this movie held up as well as it did because I saw it kind of late in the game. After I mean, it'd been hyped up for like a long time for me by like I mean, it was like nonstop five star letterbox reviews. Or <laughs> like another time, people wouldn't talk about it either. But they were just like tease you with like, I don't want to say too much, but it's brilliant. And it's like, OK, I got to see this movie. <laughs> um, yeah. And it is hard to talk about because it's like it's kind of like one kind of dead just in the respect that it's morphs into different things. Not as drastically as one kind of dead does, but it's it's a it's a normal, straightforward movie. Like it's shot like a normal movie, but it's like a different genres kind of keep popping up where you're like, oh, now it's now it's funny. Oh, now it's scary. Now it's like a drama. What's going on? Um, like yeah. a con artist movie. It's there's it's about class. Like there's all the stuff about like um, another kind of like, you know, uh, get the rich people type movie. <laughs> um, mm. It's uh, it's yeah, pretty brilliant. And I saw it and totally lived up to the hype. Um, another movie that I felt like I was uh 
laughing like a crazy person through most like, parts of it. I'm not sure it was supposed to be funny, <laughs> but uh, it's just, it's so great because it constantly is surprising you, which is, I love that in a movie so much when a movie is like constantly like, I don't know where it's going. I mean, if we've seen a bunch of movies, you kind of know where things are going, but this one did not know what was going <laughs> It was like, oh, that's what's happening? Oh, no, it's like, it's just craziness. So, um, yeah, but once again, I, I want to keep the thing going where I don't say too much about it. I think you just got to see it because it's an experience. So, <laughs> That's what I keep hearing. I'm I'm really looking forward to it when it becomes available in some way. Mm. Should be out on Blu-ray, I would think, relatively soon, maybe in a couple months. I, I mean, because I think it's finished up. It's the theatrical run, so. It's, yeah. I'm going to assume it's going to do its, at least its digital thing here pretty soon. Um, yeah, on, I was looking it up on Amazon. It, it just says pre-order and there isn't. Uh, no date. There's no date. Oh, it says available. Oh, by January 14th, 2020. Oh, nice. <laughs> so two more weeks. All right. Um, okay, so are we on to my number two? We are, yeah. It's crazy. We're already oh, Okay. <laughs> this is actually the one I've been wanting to talk about the most, but also I can't say too much about it. Um, I had heard a lot about... Oh, I haven't heard a lot about it, but um, I just heard it was getting very good praise and... Um, just the actors were all really good, just just all around good things, and it was a really uh, like nice light movie, but still very good. And that's uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, I had another one that yeah I missed, but I've heard like nothing but good things about. So yeah, Shia LaBeouf does a great job. Um, Dakota Johnson does a great job. The guy who um, he's mentally challenged in real life and in the movie, obviously, mm-hmm. um, he he actually did a really good job too. Um, and just yeah, it was a it was the. It, one of the blurbs on the on the blu-ray box like it just says like the cutest movie you'll see all year which to me like yes it's true it's it is kind of a cutesy movie but that to me kind of downplays that it does have uh it does have a few serious issues in there like they use the r word a few times and you know uh shia labeouf is quick to defend uh i can't remember his name in the movie now but you know it's quick to defend him anytime somebody says that word and just yeah, just, overall, it just it was, it's a very uh, heartwarming movie. It's very funny, and it's you know it's a breezy like ninety some odd minutes, and just yeah, it's it's a very good movie. I was wanting to put this as my number one because um, for that reason, just everything about it I love, just all great. But I'll explain why my number one is my number one uh, more in depth when we get there. So okay, yeah, I really got to make that one a priority to see because I think it's out now anyway to watch like blu-ray and digital um i think is everyone's told me it's like it's it just delightful is the word everyone keeps using so yeah and that was another one where i got off I, again i got off work and i went to the red box and i saw it was there i was like oh cool I'm, i've been wanting to watch this um i'm gonna get it and i watched it and um i was like oh it was, uh two days later i just went and bought it <laughs> Oh, nice. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah. got, I got to use Redbox more. I almost forget about Redbox. <laughs> and then it's even cheaper than renting digital, I think, almost all the time. I think because it's only like a buck or two and some digital is like three or four dollars. So, um, yeah, I think a Blu-ray is two dollars. Yeah, I really got to I just forget. I'm like, oh, yeah, Redbox. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, so, but, some cities, they do 4K Blu-rays, but not here. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I don't think I've seen those yet. Whenever I do go, I think it's still uh, just Blu-ray. But and I'll check that one out. Um, and... That's your number two. Uh, That's my number two. And I think my number two is probably going to be your number one. So let's see. Okay. Uh, right. My number two is Avengers Endgame. Okay. <clears throat> so. Mm. 
Uh, I mean, what, what else is there to say? It's like, it's the, you know, the biggest movie of all time. I can't believe Marvel pulled this off after, you know, 10 years of, uh, of plotting this whole thing out and that it actually, you know, came together. It paid off as well as it did. And I feel like it was probably the best it could have been, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, I, you know, I was blown away by it. I, because I just how it all came together, and I I've been like a comic book nerd, like Avenger, and like a big Avengers fan specifically. So I was like a little kid. They were always my, my favorite comics to buy, and uh, I I was thinking when I saw this, I was like, if my ten year old self <laughs> could see this happening, I think he would like his head would explode. Like I don't think I could have never imagined it being like this big and this amazing and like. Um, sorry, Mister Gorsese, it is cinema. Uh, <laughs> what I said. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that, at the moment, like. Man, talk about goosebumps. When Captain America finally gets the Avengers Assemble, I was just like, this is what it's all been about. I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, just so many feels, so many nerd out moments. Like, I just love this thing. Like, I get people and be tired of, like, the superhero thing or, you know, I mean, uh, but, you know, comic books mean a lot to people, especially when, if they're younger sometimes. It's like, and to see it happening and done with such, I feel like, kind of respect and done so well is is really nice, actually. <laughs> so it's just like, I really the whole time I was like I cannot believe we've we've done this we're here this is amazing like it's epic I like you know it just it's kind of everything I wanted it to be because after Infinity War which I also loved but that really feels like um like that's part one it's 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 one part of a whole it's almost like it is a complete movie but it's kind of feels like it's very incomplete without Endgame you know what I mean it's like I can't imagine now if I pop on Infinity War, I couldn't watch. I'd have to watch Endgame right after. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, I wouldn't be satisfied with just that. So, um, I like this year more than that. It's, uh, yeah, it's um, kind of incredible. I don't know what to say about it. I'm sure everyone has seen it because it made, like, you know, $2 billion. So, <laughs> yeah, I just loved it. Uh, and the crazy thing is, is, apparently, Infinity War was supposed to end with um, this scene in Endgame when they go to... Um, the, I can't remember the name of the planet now that Thanos is on after that scene, after uh, Thor you know, oh, yeah, cuts yeah. his head off. Apparently that's, which when you watch it, it almost seemed like an ending in a way that the way that scene ends, yeah. it feels like that could have been an ending to the movie. Now you tell me that and now I'm picturing it, I'm like, oh, that would have been crazy. Um, uh, I'm glad they started like that because that was also another example of like the title pops up and I'm like, oh shit, we're just doing this now. <laughs> like, you know um, yeah it doesn't show up for a good like what 18 minutes in the movie yeah like very surprised how they played that i really like that was surprised that was a good call to me i'm like ooh, i like that that you played it like that and then you it's kind of like that's our jumping off point like wow i didn't expect you guys to do that like so i got audible gasps in my theater for sure oh oh god yeah um yeah and it it would have been cool to see to see I mean, both either way, Infinity War would have ended on a downer, whether we got yeah. the one we did get or how it was how they originally had planned it to end. But they said they they decided to tack that onto the first part of Endgame because um, just for pacing reasons. Because um, I feel like then then Endgame would have started a little little wonky, maybe. It's true. Yeah, it's almost like you get your feet back underneath you <laughs> for a little bit, and then they kind of cut it out. It's like, oh, now yeah. we're here again. Then we're doing a time jump. And it's like, oh, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, it's, I mean, it's hard to talk about. It's such a big movie. I don't even know what else to say. I mean, I feel like all that's been said has been said. And just, 
I don't know where Marvel, I kind of am excited, but also not like nervous about where Marvel goes from here, but I'm not really sure how they, I almost feel like they've peaked. You know what I mean? I'm like, how do you ever get back mm-hmm. to this point again? This might be like the top of the mountain and it's only kind of like can go down from here. But also on the other hand, I think they can do some really crazy stuff from here on out. Like I think the next, next Doctor Strange movie is supposed to be like a straight up, like they're saying it's like a horror movie. Which is yeah, which has got me really excited. Yeah, very intrigued by that one. I mean, the next door is probably going to be even crazier than Ragnarok. Um, um, what's the other thing? Eternals seems like it's going to be kind of like out there and weird. Like, mm-hmm. so I feel like Marvel's going to just get weirder in the next phase. Or you know, it's just like, well, we made all the money in the world, we can get weird now. So yeah, exactly. Um, all right, well, to just to, just to keep this going. Uh, keep the steam going um number one it for me is Endgame, um and that is because as a whole this year there was no better probably this decade there was no better movie going experience i had than going to see this movie um you know like you said being the culmination of 10 years and 20 movies it was it was an event like it was an event filmmaking it was an event uh uh, film watching experience. Uh, the the I think I saw it three times in the theater. So the first time was just it was amazing. Everybody uh, laughed where they're supposed to, cheered where they were supposed to. Um, you said gasping, they all did it where they were supposed to. Um, and that's why it's number one for me is for that reason just. I've had no better time at the movie theater. I think probably ever. Um, the, the first time I saw it was probably the best movie going experience I've ever had. Uh, so even the Russo brothers said that the, uh, spoiler ban is lifted. And again, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, that's on you. Um, the end towards the end, when you find out that cap is worthy, you know, that reveal, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I got such huge goosebumps. I had the biggest like cheese, cheeser on my face. um, and uh, like I, I, I might have like straight up applauded. I don't remember. <laughs> there were so many emotions, and then it's all you know, <laughs> yeah, it's all blur. And then of course, you know, the whole portal scene. Everybody oh. was cheering, going crazy. Uh, Cap saying, you know, assemble. Everyone lost their shit and cheered. <laughs> and then you get that basically like splash page uh, shot of all of them running. Um, God, yeah, everybody like <laughs> damn near stood up and cheered. Like it just. Yeah, it, like I said, it was an event. It was like going to a concert because everybody was taking part. You were all there experiencing it together and just... That's a yeah. good way to put it. It's more like a concert than a movie because it's like I feel like it's people uh, like screaming and yelling and clapping and like, um, you know, just everyone's it's like a big community event. Everyone's there. It's like, I mean, I'm, I, people of all ages, I feel like it's like little kids to older people, everybody in between. It's just like, these are crowd pleasers, which... It, again is shocking to someone who like even in like the 90s like superheroes were like getting cooler but they didn't get a good movie till like x-men and spider-man came out around 2000 2002 like uh, before that super movies were like never you know maybe batman did well and like superman but those are like 10 years apart different decades <laughs> but yeah. like now it's like it used to be like, oh, don't put the x-men in their normal costumes we gotta have them all wear black leather and now it's like everybody's like nerding out on like the specifics of like oh he's wearing that suit you know it's like everyone's it's we're over that basically i feel like superheroes are cool and mainstream which is still very surprising (laughs) like um i mean yeah it's just like a it's a great experience and that's like the whole thing i mean back to the square safety thing i was kind of joking but it's like 
I have I have room in my life for both kinds of things. I have room for like Marvel stuff and like very small weird stuff like the lighthouse and uh, you know the witch and just like weird movies like that. Uh, like I can have both. You know I don't I don't want one or the other. I don't want superhero movies to go away, but I don't want only superhero movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't yeah. only want big budget uh, spectacle movies. I kind of want everything. Um, I just yeah, and I I think from the list, I feel like cinema's definitely not dead. As everybody was like, oh, it's dying. Cinema's dying. It's all superhero movies. <laughs> it's like, this year was great. There's lots of weird and smaller movies, like, made by, like, directors with their own vision, like, Uncut Gems, Knives Out, Midsummer, Booksmart, uh, you know, Irishman. It's like, all the stuff um, where it's like, we still have great movies, guys. It's not like it's all superhero movies all the time. Like, you know, so I think that's kind of like alarmist to be like, oh, movies are dying. So I'm here for yeah, all. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and like I told you after you saw uh, Uncut Gems as a perfect example, I told you there was a part uh, near the end where something happened and I didn't I didn't intend to. But I just yelled, fuck, in the movie theater because <laughs> I I knew something was going to happen. I knew it was coming and it did. And I was like afterwards, I like and surprisingly, because I wouldn't think people in the town I live in would really be into that movie. And I feel like there was a good 30, 40 people in there, which actually really surprised me. Um, yeah, I was pretty packed on like a Sunday night that I went. And I feel like the buzz and it's Adam Sandler that's gotten people to go see it. Uh, yeah, definitely. But I did see it. <laughs> the funny thing, I saw an article about how it has like a bad cinema score, which is the thing they do. People leave the theater, they poll people. And uh, it's like not grading well with people. Cause I think it's not, it's not really a crowd pleaser. You know what I mean? <laughs> like by yeah, no. the way it ends up. So, um, but people are going out to see it, but then they're like, I didn't like that. <laughs> so, uh, Which I feel like Adam Sandler and them are probably like, I don't care. You, you know, you paid for the ticket. We're yeah. good now. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of, they were saying like, maybe it's a lot of Adam Sandler fans who are used to seeing him as one way. And this is almost too much for them or something. You know, they didn't expect this, which I'm like, how do you not expect this? Cause I mean, did you watch a trailer? Did you see Adam Sandler's name? You come to the movie. <laughs> yeah, um, no kidding. It's, it's like little... there was not a whole lot of funny bits in the trailer, like at all. <laughs> yeah, I guess once again, though, the movie bubble that I guess I'm in, I think some people do just go to the movies very randomly and they're like, oh, an Adam Sandler movie, let's go. And they don't know anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. But I mean, I think everything's good. I think like this year was a great year for movies, one of the best of the decade, if not like the best. I mean, I have to go back and look at every single year. But it's, I thought it was great. Um, and do you have anything else to say about Endgame or to move to my number one or that was going to just. Uh, no, I think that's it for Endgame. That's, I'm really curious to know what your number one is now. Well, it's the one I was asking to hold off on, which is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, oh yeah. duh. <laughs> yeah. I knew we hadn't heard that yet from you. <laughs> that's why you were kind of like, okay, okay. And I was like, um, yeah, I, uh, well, first thing, the funny thing about this movie is that it would have been probably much lower on my list if I hadn't gone to see it a second time in a theater. Um, mm-hmm. It went from like a, like an 8 or something to like a 10 out of 10. Like I just the second time, everything clicked for me with that movie. Um, I don't even know where to start. I'm going to start gushing about this movie. But it's like, so first <laughs> of all, I'm like a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. Like I, yes. that's, I mean, since I was like for, uh, 13, 14, and I saw like, I think it was Reservoir Dogs first or Paul Fiction. I can never remember. Um, he's he's the person that got me into like all kinds of different movies, like um, just the way he talks about movies. So it's like I've been a huge fan since then. Um, I've I've really liked all his movies. I the only one that 
didn't really work for me at first is Hateful Eight. Um, yeah, uh, I, I can see that. But I didn't think it's even bad. It's almost like it's just good. Everything else is pretty much great. Uh, and uh, Once Upon Hollywood, just like, I, I, I don't know what it is about this movie. It's like, uh, I just watched it again on um, two days ago. And uh, I just was like, yeah, it still works. I love it. It's like everything, every performance, every little nuance. I mean, he like... Talk about like the opposite of Avengers Endgame. No offense to Endgame. This is like handcrafted by Tarantino for like a specific mm-hmm. time, a specific place. He went and like as far as to pick out commercials that would have played on the radio at that time in 1969. It's like that level of detail um, that only I think he'd be allowed to do at this point. Maybe him and Scorsese could like get away with this kind of thing. But it's like just the kind of like you know like detail the whole thing and like brad pitt it's one of the best things i've ever seen him do uh leonardo DiCaprio, it's one of the best things i've seen him in and i realized i mean i te- yeah, top 10 of the decade list i think DiCaprio is probably my actor of the decade because between yeah and inception and django and wolf of wall street um and probably forgetting some revenant he's great in that it's like all these movies he's great and he's really great in this uh and Margot Robbie, which you mentioned earlier, which I want to come back to. The first time I saw it, I was like you. I was like, oh, she's supposed to be like hyped up as a big part of this movie, but I feel like she's kind of like sidelined. But when I watch it the the second time and the third time, it was like she's really like feels like the heart and soul of the movie because it's just like it's a lot of her not even speaking. It's just like her just kind of embodying like, oh, like it just happy hopefulness, like, you know, like mm, that yeah. era, like and you just I kind of like fall in love with her. I mean, not because it's just Marco Robbie, but it's like just in general, like the way she plays it, like the way she watches herself, she goes in to see her movie that she's in. Um, cause she's playing Sharon Tate, um, and goes in to see her movie kind of randomly and like puts her sunglasses on. Like, it's really cute. She's like, don't recognize me. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of like just puts her feet up and watches the movie. And like, I mean, that's the scene where it's like fell in love with her the second time. I was like, Oh, I, you know, it's like, I think Tarantino just wanted her, to kind of embody the spirit of Sharon Tate because Sharon Tate, because I feel like the way it ends up, I won't, I guess, I mean, should I spoil the ending or kind of, (laughs) I mean, I mean, (laughs) she doesn't meet the same fate in the movie. as She doesn't realize. I will say that. So the way that the way she plays it, you don't want to see anything bad happen to her. You're like, Oh God, no, you know, it's like, yeah, exactly. I think I heard, uh, on another podcast that, um, I don't listen to pure cinema podcast at all. They're actually associated Mm -hmm. with, Tarantino owns a theater in, in L.A. called the New Beverly. Um, mm-hmm. And they had somebody on there who, like, works with Tarantino. I think it's, like, his assistant or somebody. And she was saying, like, Sharon Tate's sister saw the movie and, like, cried and was like, thank you for giving her this happy ending that she never got to have. And it's, like, that kind of took on a whole new, you know, because I think people crapped on her. For, like, people were like, oh, she didn't do anything. But <laughs> I think Tarantino, like, kind of loved her so much he didn't want anything bad to happen to her and like he makes you feel the same way and kind of you know i'm kind of happy that we got this happy ending you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. that goes off of it so um i just find it really beautiful the way it ends up and like it's funny because right before this little nice ending (laughs) it's like you mentioned a little bit earlier that crazy chaotic kind of cathartic um uh thing what happens in dicaprio's house with brad pitt Mm -hmm. is such an insane scene (laughs) another time where like this crazy violence me and my friends were like hands on our head like what the hell is going on like this is so over the top um 
I mean, and then, uh, yeah, I just see now I'm just gushing. So yeah, if you want to jump in. <laughs> well, no, you know, no, just again with the whole, it doesn't need to be a Marvel or superhero movie because during that, I mean, yeah, I was laughing the whole time the movie, but yeah, that last third when shit just goes off the rails. I was, you know, yelling. I was like, Oh Jesus, like, oh shit. <laughs> like just, you know, getting visceral reactions because that's, that's what good filmmaking can do, you know? And it just, that was a perfect example. You went through, all the motions you you know it was funny and then it just went so crazy but then like you said you really felt for um margot robbie as sharon tate and and just the characters in general i mean yeah like cliff and uh um rick you know may not have been the best of people but you still <laughs> like them enough and you know just yeah it's definitely a master class uh when it comes to filmmaking that is for sure yeah and as somebody is a huge fan it's my favorite thing of his I'd probably put it second only behind just behind Pulp Fiction. And he's made a lot of great movies. So that's like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's really hard to, to rank his movies. Um, I mean, Pulp Fiction is my favorite movie in general. Me too. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's crazy. Cause I remember I saw that in the theater when it first came out, I was uh, five. Oh my God. I don't know why I, yeah, I don't know why I was allowed to see it. I, I, I'm sure I didn't understand what was going on, but I, I do remember nonetheless still being kind of like, stuck watching all the craziness that was going on and then um like i was never i'm surprised i was never turned away from like r-rated movies unless of course you know i had like nudity or something like that um but yeah just you know ever, ever since then that seed got planted for uh for my love of quentin tarantino and there's i think i the only reason why i would say jackie brown is at the bottom of my list for him is just because it's his most um straightforward movie it's just mm-hmm. a you know it's just a little i don't even know if you would call that a caper type movie it's a very um, simple like con movie like it's very straightforward yeah. the crime is not even that elaborate that happens like uh i think he shows it from like three different perspectives but it's fairly simple and for a long time jackie brown was my least favorite too it's funny you mentioned that and i feel like that movie i think i saw it was like 15 didn't appreciate it at all watch it like maybe 10 years later in my mid-20s liked it a little more just watched it again like maybe this year or last year, and I feel like it got even better. I think it gets better as you get older. It's also about like yeah, and, older people falling in love, so it's like... <laughs> yeah, that's true, and yeah, by no means is it a bad movie. It's still a great movie. Um, just he's got so many... I don't even want to say... Not necessarily better movies, just movies that are just so unique, you know? Definitely is least flashy, and it's like... <laughs> this this one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think it works better on multiple viewings because... The first time you're kind of like looking for plot and all this stuff. And it's it's really more of like what they call like a hangout movie. I think it's a Tarantino. Yeah, stuff. because you're just watching their day to day. It's like that's the Margot Robbie thing. It's like she's just doing simple things like I'm going to buy a book. You know, I'm just driving around like but if you love the characters, you don't care. It's like or the actors just watching them just do random things like in their day to day, like watching DiCaprio act on that Western, you know, it's like and him kind yeah. of like figuring out like, oh, you know, I can act. I kind of want to just act and not be like a movie star. And then Brad Pitt's crazy little uh, adventure with the the Manson family <laughs> um, yeah. at the ranch. It's just like, so I think that's why we're better for me the second time too, is I was kind of like, kind of knew where it was going story-wise and just kind of sat back and enjoyed it for um, just hanging out with characters, just watching them do stuff, you know, just <laughs> spending time with them. Um, and yeah, just, I don't know, everything works for me. The music, everything like just comes together as like this really 
uh, I don't know, like fully realized vision. And it's kind of funny because I think he's supposed to make one more movie. Uh, I know he, he says he's going to make 10 movies and this is his ninth. I kind of thought this would have been like the perfect ending <laughs> to his career. Like the way it ends, it kind of feels like this almost should be the end. I don't want it to be the end, but it kind of feels like it should be. <laughs> so Yeah, and, and even the movie ends on kind of a, you feel like you're about to start another scene and all of a sudden, you know, you get the, well, actually it doesn't, it doesn't start with, written and directed by it says the end you know you're mm-hmm. you're thinking like oh we're about to go into another scene and then it says the end and you're just kind of like oh okay apparently we're done with this and not in a bad way it just you were like you know that's it hey told my story and we're done you know it's just kind of like okay all right yeah you know? it gives you this great um, like moment of catharsis with uh yeah. you know that you didn't get in real life and that made me so mad it was like there's a critic owen gleberman who's been a critic for like a long time and like entertainment weekly and now i think he writes for like variety God, he sucks. He, he's like, he's so like contrary for the sake of being like contrary. And he did this stupid, I don't understand this logic where he's like, he put once upon a time in Hollywood on his best of list, but then put the last like 15, 20 minutes on his worst of list. Oh my God. Like, you're such a pretentious douche. Like, yeah, no, so it's I, one of the other dudes. It's like that last 15 minutes works so well. Cause I don't know. I just was like, thank God these people are awful. Like, let's, you know, let's, let's rewrite history to be this instead of what actually happened. And we can do that with movies, which is like, I like what he did in glorious bastards. It's like, Oh, in his reality, mm-hmm. we can kill Hitler. Good. It's like, you know, like we can correct horrible things because yeah, it's a movie. We can do whatever we want. So it's just funny. Cause I feel like, this is Tarantino. I feel like remembering like a time in California when he was a very little kid, like I think five or six. And, uh, it's just so like, you can tell he's like in love with it. Like he just, it's like, oh, it's God, like how yeah. Paul remember things where little kids, it's like so much brighter and better and, you know, just so great. And it's like, it just comes through so much. And I, I don't know. I just like, like I said, that second viewing definitely helped me enjoy the movie. Cause I was like, it probably would have been, closer like middle bottom of my list after the first one because i was a little disappointed but then i saw it again mm-hmm. completely just changed it for me and i i fell in love with it so and it's probably one yeah, of my movies of the decade honestly <laughs> so yeah the more the more i thought on it the more and more i liked it because initially i walked out and was just like all right well that was good but i don't know if i was if it was as good as i was expecting it to be but then i thought more and more about it i was like you know what i, I see what he's what he was trying to do and he did it well and it just it kept getting better and better the more I thought on it. And um uh real quick because we kind of talked about it earlier, um Leonardo DiCaprio in Django Unchained should have been his first Academy Award win. He didn't even get nominated, which pissed me off. Yeah. That should have been his first win. Not not that he didn't deserve it for the revenue, that's that's fine, but it should have been for that cuz he was terrifying in that movie he needs to play more villains yeah and just so weird i feel like it's just so yeah i watch i love that performance every time i watch shango i like it more and more because he's just like i don't know it's just such a crazy weird performance and he's like but he's so good he's also scared he is like menacing though and he has these bursts of like you know anger and it's like oh this guy's freaking nuts you know it's like um it's yeah. yeah he'll have those outbursts but then all of a sudden immediately just go kind of right back to calm and <laughs> be kind of but still menacing like Weird. like not even like oh this guy's crazy it's just like oh no like he is somebody to be terrified of yeah it's it's a while and then like i thought he was amazing in wolf of wall street oh yeah definitely it's a three-hour movie where he's like i don't I mean it's well it's very well made it's scorsese but i feel like he kind of carries it he's through the whole thing like and he just that's a great performance too i mean he's had a bunch like I said, just in this decade. <laughs> so, and it's funny because I liked Revenant a lot when it came out. Haven't thought about it much since, honestly. <laughs> like, 
haven't rewatched it. Um, I'm glad I got the Oscar, but just not like a fun rewatch movie. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's a once every few years thing. I think I watched it the first time uh, it came out on digital, and I don't think I don't think I've seen it since. But I might be due for a re- rewatch. Yeah. Well, we did it. <laughs> we did it. Almost uh, we we uh, catching up to the runtime of Endgame yeah. at this point. <laughs> so I just want to ask you before we, I guess, before we like fully wrap up, do you have any honorable mentions that you didn't get to mention? Or, um, like I said, I'm surprised that I didn't have as hard a time picking movies. Um, I honestly, like I said, I went through uh, the list of movies released this year that I saw, and um. I kind of threw almost all of them on there. Uh, there was a couple I knew I was like, nah, I don't need that one on there at all. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I still only came out with like 23 of them. Um, uh, I cut out pet cemetery. That was, I, I did. I was one of the few that liked that. I liked that adaptation of it. Um, <clears throat> but it wasn't one of my favorites of the year. So that didn't go on there. Um, like I said, I, I was really am bummed that I didn't put, wasn't able to put rise of Skywalker on there, but that might be yeah. an episode later. <laughs> it's, it's it's a mess. I mean, like, I had fun with it, but my God, is it, like, a crazy, <laughs> like, a crazy mess. Like, I feel like, especially the first, like, 20 minutes, I was like, holy crap, movie, slow down. Like, calm down. Like, it's, yeah. it's all over the place. It's, like, edited like someone is, like, on speed or something. <laughs> it's, like, it's it just feels like a real mess, and it's kind of sad that it kind of ended kind of anticlimactic because I've liked the trilogy up to that point, so... Like the, the one of the things that really pissed me off is they make you believe for a whopping two minutes that a main character is dead. Uh, you know, like they don't even give you time. <laughs> You're just like, like, oh no, that really sucks. They're de- oh no, they're not. We're fine. <laughs> it's like they don't give you any time. I was really to- sad about that. That's the funny thing. When that when that character died, I was like kind of mad and uh, sad and pissed. I felt like I was like, you sons of bitches. And then like you said, it's like two minutes later, it's like, oh no, he's okay. <laughs> yeah, like <Fine. laughs> yeah, like I said, no time to be upset about like they if anything they could have waited like 20 minutes and give you yeah giving you a, a big surprise like oh shit no they're not but basically yeah, the like, next scene they're like oh no we're just kidding um <laughs> yeah like come on you could have dragged that out for emotional uh, <laughs> uh torture there and my but you know here's yeah. here's looking forward to yeah. another good decade there's lots of good stuff coming that we just already know of for just like the two years that we already know of for um for Marvel and obviously we know Jordan Peele is going to be doing more stuff and I think there's lots of good people to look for, you know, like that were already on this list, like uh, Ari Aster and Ryan Johnson and Mike Flanagan. Like there's so many good people that I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next. Yeah. I feel like we've got a lot of good directors who are working. I just hope they get to keep making like cool, like, you know, kind of out there movies, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, or, or yeah. they get in like big studio movies and they make good big budget movies like i hope that happens too if they uh if they want to go that way i kind of feel like we're at the end of like the end of the 90s like 99 was like a really good year for movies and there was like a lot of like talented filmmakers coming up and i kind of feel like we're almost in that kind of era again uh, yeah definitely so yeah i'm excited um i would say one movie almost made my list it was almost 19 i almost swapped it um did you see annabelle comes home i didn't because i didn't like the first one and i don't think i ever saw the second one Ah, and I don't, you know, what's funny. I'm not even sure if you need to even see the other two to enjoy animal comes home, <laughs> but it's like, uh, it's super fun. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was at all. Um, and it's almost like a crazy goosebumps. Are you for the dark episode <laughs> where it's oh, like wow. three girls? Uh, one of them is the daughter of, um, 
God, what's the name of uh, Vera Farmiga and um, oh, uh, Ed and Lorraine. Yeah, Warren. their daughter is like left alone with the babysitter and the babysitter's friend. It's like three girls in a house, and like they let Annabel out and all the scary crap in their like uh, <laughs> their room, and it's just like it's like a crazy like just a goosebumps sorry for the dark thing it's just like really fun um a lot of different like creatures and scares and like i, I just had a really good time with it i was very surprised by it. <laughs> so. oh wow i didn't know that those characters were that involved in it even if because i feel like they're probably not in it a whole lot right oh end of the rain no they kind of yeah. pop in at the beginning of the end it's it, it's kind of it does feel like a tv show it's like oh these characters come in and they and then they it's an episode where they leave and the kids are at home alone <laughs> and like crazy stuff happens. And I think somebody called it like, uh, they wish they was called like Annabelle's like scary sleepover party or something. <laughs> Cause it, it just has, I don't know. It's just like, it's very fun. I know people were burned by the first Annabelle movie, um, which wasn't very good. <laughs> and I heard the second one wasn't too bad. The second one was good. I like the one even better than the second one. So it's almost like a series that keeps getting better for me, <laughs> which is, um, pretty surprising. It's funny that this whole decade, everyone's trying to make universe. It's like Marvel. I feel like the only people that pulled off was the Conjuring. <laughs> like the Conjuring universe was the only one that was yeah. actually pretty successful. I mean, some have not been great, but they still keep making money. It's the funny thing. Yeah, I've never seen The Nun, but I've heard it was not oh. good. It's pretty damn bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I was so disappointed in The Nun because The Nun scared the crap out of me in Conjuring 2. And then they oh, yeah. proceeded to pretty much make her not scary and very as a, as a boring movie. <laughs> so, oh. yeah, that was disappointing. Well, oh, well, you've intrigued me. Maybe I'll. Go see if uh, Annabelle's available at a at a red box. I think we both, yeah, we both have lots of stuff to catch up on. I think. <laughs> uh, did you want to do a quick, like, just last thing, a recap our picks? Did you like run through to Sam, like, in order? Or... Um, I think we're all right. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. But I thought just once like, again, a great year for movies. I thought so. <laughs> yeah, definitely looking forward to what's ahead. Yeah. All right, well, all right, man. Well, thank you for uh, sitting here for almost three hours with me. <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem. I kind of felt like we could have gone like three more hours, honestly. Yeah, I know. I, I, I knew this was going to be a long one. So, um, but, but hey, it, it makes up for, uh, hopefully it makes up for my uh, inconsistent uh, posting of episodes and recording of episodes and all that. Oh, but, <laughs> I like, you know. I like longer podcasts. I don't know about everybody, but like when I see a podcast list too, it's like, yeah, like a, it, they're kind of inconsistent in our time, and like every week it's different. But if it's like a longer episode, I'm like, yeah, like nice. Like, yeah, it's, definitely. It's a two hour plus. I'm kind of surprised we got done under three hours. So good for us. I know. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, I'm sure you'll be back. Uh, shoot, who knows what what else uh, the movies we'll be talking about? But I'm sure you'll be back pretty damn soon. I hope so. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. So. <laughs> All right. Sounds good, man. Thank you again. Good talking, man. See ya. See ya.